Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banta Boys Podcast. My name is Sanji, with me is Jacob. How are you doing, boy? I'm good, I'm good. How are we? It's good to be here. Welcome, man. We've been talking about arranging this for a while now, you know. I'm glad it finally happened. We have. It must have been, what... 37 game weeks. That's all That's all, all it took, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, took, it took a little bit of time to establish myself into the league, have a few chats, get some trades done. But we're here now, right? End of the just season. A, just a time. few trades, he says. I feel like you did all the trades in our league, man. What a, <laughs> what a wheeler and dealer. We'll get around to it. We'll get yeah. around to it. Yeah, 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 for sure. So uh, how's everything going? I, I mean... So for, for, for people that don't know who you are, um, why don't you, you know, introduce yourself, say, say a little bit about who you are, what you do, maybe it's up to you. Yeah, right? no problem. Okay. So, uh, yeah, my name is Jacob, also known as uh, at JStep25 on Twitter. You've probably seen the tweets or maybe Genie or, or the Com League tweet me out. Um, yeah, I've, uh, I live in London, so pretty close to you at the moment, Sanji. I'm in Finsby Park, so near, near the Emirates. Um, oh, mate, my sister lives in Finsbury Park. Oh, awesome. So, I mean, look, there's even less of an excuse why we haven't caught up for a pint yet. <laughs> for so, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, um, I'm an accountant. I've done my accountancy exams. Um, but I went, to, I went to Leeds for uni, same as you. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we were yeah. both up there at one point. More common uh, ground. There you go, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I spent three years up in Leeds. And then this is my first year... Um, I did another three years after I graduated, and then this is my first year back down in London. So yeah, the boys at work introduced me to Fantrax last year. Last year was my my first year, and uh, yeah, saw the Twitter community, saw the articles, uh, and decided to get involved on the community leagues this year. And I guess we'll get into how they've gone. So I think that's a little bit. So what you're saying, it's been sheer dumb luck then. This is all beginner's luck, how you've been well, smashing this, it. <laughs> this is the thing. I don't know. With the, uh, with the promotion in the Genie League, I, I, I really worry that next season I'm, I'm going to finish right down there. And yeah, the home league didn't go well this season. So it proves that it's not all smooth running. But I guess the other thing I should say is that I'm a, I'm a huge Southampton fan. Yes, that's what heart. I wanted you to yeah. say as well. I thought you would have started off with my that, boys. you know? That's I know, beautiful. I know. I was, I was thinking about myself and not thinking about w- what we're here for. But yeah, Southampton, <laughs> James Ward-Prowse, Che Adams, Stuart Armstrong, the boys. Um, yeah, the most inconsistent team in the league, I'd say. There's no other team... I mean, still one of the most entertaining teams in the league, regardless of whether you're scoring goals or conceding, right? It's always an entertaining game, I want to say, when you're watching Southampton play. Potentially. I think people see the the games that when we're up there on match of the day, which is when we put in a performance against Spurs, Liverpool, unbeaten in Manchester this season. Uh, and they don't see the games where it's a bit of a damp squib. And then you also <laughs> then also yeah. see the games where there's no other team in the league where you can guarantee that there's going to be a team that gets hit for six, seven, eight, maybe more every season. <laughs> yeah, eight, yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, the ups and downs of a, a Southampton supporter. Hopefully we can put put some more results together next year, maybe a little bit more more money over the summer, uh, which would be nice, yeah. new owners. For sure. So for we'll, sure. we'll see how it goes. What do you think of uh, Hassan Hudel as as your manager? Are you keen to you know keep him on, even given the you know influx of cash, etc.? 
Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm key to keep it. If you look at the last three seasons, what before that we had kind of Mark Hughes, Pellegrino, who were terrible. We really only escaped relegation through teams really being worse than us, not really through us being any good. Um, some might argue that we've maybe been a little bit lucky this season if you look at where we've ended up in the table. Yeah. But I think, Hassanot, you've got to give someone at least a year or two when we've got a bit more investment. The argument across Twitter is really, and I agree with this, if we got rid of him, who who are we going to get? Are we going to go for a Daesh? Are we going to go for someone else from the championship? I think it's difficult. I think who we've got at the moment and what he's developed with the squad, the youth we've kind of got coming through again. Um, yeah, I'd give him at least another season or two because I don't think we're going to get any better out there. I think it'd be quite risky to to let go of him. When All you right. can see the performances we put in yeah. against Liverpool, United. That's fair. So That's fair. It's just that consistency. Fair enough. Well, I mean, speaking of managers and, you know, how good they are, I kind of want to highlight a bit of your managerial history this season. So, for yeah. those who play in the DPL Com League and play in the International Genie League, so Jacob currently sits sixth overall in the DPL Com League, and he's first in his, you know, local tier, whatever, the Piat Posse. I think is what you guys call it. Um, he's currently sitting first overall in the International Genie League, which means he's also first in our local league, the Sunday League. And what were your cup runs like in both of those leagues as well? Um, so the Community League, I got to the semis. I was up against Will, uh, Fantasy Football 92, who's also in the Pirate Posse. Uh, I think really we have to say that me being top of that league is is pure luck. Will is absolutely smashing it. He's 300 points ahead on the overall standards in terms of points for. So really, he's had a he's had a crazy run in the last kind of 10 weeks where I've kind of snuck up the table and come towards him. But yeah, so I faced him in the semi-finals of the Champions Cup in that, um, and he's really put it out of sight after the first leg. I think he was worried in the second leg, given his luck that I was going to come back. Uh, so semis in that. And then we had a, I think we had a cup in the first half of the season for the Genie League. I think there was another cup which gave you some some fab or something. I think I got to the kind of the quarters in that. Uh, and then I won the, uh, what was it? The rigged cup, Genie's rigged cup, uh, which I think Genie and uh, the rest of the boys were pretty excited for because it was someone from Div 9 going all the way up to, to Div 1, which... Uh, is going to be a bit of a shock to the system, I think, we've mentioned. I think it's going to be a jump up. My division has been tough but uh, with with yourself, but I think when you look at the squad that I put together, I think it's highly unlikely that someone's going to be able to put that together Yeah. Again. Ever. I mean, not. I mean, not to shit on the other, in the managers that were in our Sunday league, but I don't think you're gonna get away with half the trades that you got away with in Division no. One when you get promoted. No, and we'll we'll get into them. I think a lot of them almost fell into my lap. I think a, a little bit. Like <laughs> yeah. I saw there was a there was a couple that I made and I I really didn't expect to. I didn't have to really do much negotiating. Like I saw it kind of land in my inbox and I thought. Am am I really am I really seeing that? Uh, <laughs> do I need to take some time to think? Um, but I think again, like it's been a competitive league in terms of the. It's been really active, and it, it, you look around the playoffs. Like you look at 
your playoff game this week and that's been really really tight like Fletch has, has just sneaked into the playoffs in the last kind of six weeks of the season or whatever so um again a, a really really good division it's been really fun to be a part of yeah um, 100%. but yeah it's been a good season it's been it's been a good season i think yeah 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 yeah. all right uh so let's move on uh to a bit of banter before we continue into the main main parts of the podcast um so fa cup final was played over uh this past weekend uh so the men's team uh there was liverpool versus chelsea liverpool won so now i think the quadruple is officially on I'm not sure. Can Steven Gerrard force a slip-up versus Man City? You know, written in the stars sort of moment. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I, don't, I don't buy into all of this kind of nonsense that's, that people are speaking about. Uh, Gerrard's going to be extra motivated to get a result against City. As if he's not sending out his team to get the win anyway, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And then there's also been this weird, weird kind of thought process that if they don't win and it's something like if, if Grealish wins the Premier League or something then there's like 15 million pounds for for Villa to come in like an extra bonus on the transfer and so therefore apparently they might be motivated to definitely lose the game so then they get the 15 million quid from the Grealish transfer again I don't buy it I don't buy it. Like, <laughs> there, there might well be a clause, but a Villa in the money at the moment. If you look at what they're spending, they've got Coutinho in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. For nearly a tenth of the the price, I want to say. I know, and he's taken, I think, a seventy percent wage cut, which sounds like a lot. And then you look, and he's still on about one hundred and twenty k a week. Or <laughs> yeah. Like you look it's at the money ludicrous that he was earning at Barca. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think. Look, Liverpool have to be respected in what they've done this season. I mean, Jurgen Klopp might frustrate people. His attitude in the FA Cup, if you look at when they sent out the under-23s and the under-23s manage against Shrewsbury. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people were saying, look, he's disrespecting the FA Cup. Like, I I, I can understand putting the, the different players out, but really, I think the manager's got to turn up as well. Like, I don't think Jurgen should be on holiday as well as the players. Okay, give yeah. the first team a rest, but... Um, yeah, what they've done this season is incredible. Um, Chelsea did really well, and I know I know you're probably proud of what they did, given the the injuries that you've had and and stuff like that with Lukaku, how he's been this season. But then he's had a little bit of a resurgence. Yeah, recently. yeah, yeah. I mean, he has resurgence when I don't play him, basically. But I mean, we'll get <laughs> get to that. I I am definitely proud of what the team has achieved. I mean, people will say that it's a trophy last season, whatever. But we we finally won the club World Cup. I mean, it was only our second try, but I mean, granted, we we got that you know trophy in the cabinet. Um, yeah, still still happy with with what the boys achieved. I, I honestly did not catch the game because that that I want to say was. One of the very few rare days that we had actual good weather in London, so I took advantage of it. I went out to Regent's yeah. Park, went for went for a good walk, you know, had a coffee with a friend, etc. Um, I managed to catch the penalty shootout though in Finsbury Park, actually, um, near my sister's okay. uh, place. Yeah, there was a there's a pub called uh, WB Yates. Um, I'm sure you yeah, maybe know of it. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That is crazy because that is uh, about. I would say two minutes walk from my house. It's literally directly down the road where I live. Mate, that's exactly where it's road. down the road from my sister's place, right? So we're definitely okay. going to have to grab a pint very soon. 
um but um, yeah but the second penalty shootout right this uh yeah. This yeah, year. exactly, right? So so it's not like we were getting thrashed in, in both finals when we faced them, right? We, we pushed them to their limit or whatever. It's unfortunate that, you know, the captain misses, player of the season, I want to say for us, misses as well. Um, but yeah, just, you know, third place, can't complain. Honestly, I, I would say it's all ifs, buts, and maybes, but had Chilwell not been injured, we might be having a totally different conversation, right? Um, because yeah. I I want to say at the point when Chilwell was fit, I remember when we were away to Leicester, we had won three 0 or something like that, and people were having conversations about you know, oh, are Chelsea gonna win the title, etc. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting how we shape up next season. I I think Tuchel will finally have a chance to properly invest, build the squad. Now we've got new ownership. I mean, it's never a dull day at Chelsea Football Club, right? Uh, <laughs> it's always full of drama. Either a manager's yeah. getting fired or we're changing owners. Something is always happening, right? <laughs> um, so we'll see what... I mean, Bully's come in with, you know, this ambition and saying, you know, he wants to even outshine Abramovich, which is going to take some work because Abramovich... It's some big like, talk. Oh, yeah, big, big talk, right? So we'll see how things go. It's going to be an interesting transfer window, etc. So yeah, um, moving on though to the Women's FA Cup Final. So it was my first trip to Wembley and I'm glad uh, it was a fantastic trip. I only spent £10 on my ticket with a fantastic view. I thought I was playing FIFA, like with the view I had. So um, yeah, whereabouts were, you, whereabouts were you sat in the stadium? So basically middle, right, maybe like, I want to say six, seven rows right above where they lift the trophy, like in, okay, in the that's stands. incredible. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For 10 pounds, I'll take that any fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> um, fantastic game though. Uh, 2-2 in full time, extra time winner from Sam Kerr. Um, Aaron Cuthbert, uh, player of the match. I, I can't, I can't say man of the match. Uh, I'll say woman of the match, you know, we got to yeah. be respectful of of the woman um today so yeah honestly fantastic game uh couldn't ask for more um city maybe a bit unlucky to lose they did i want to say have more efforts at goal even though the efforts weren't that significant sort of thing but yeah um happy with the result have you been to wembley for any of the games surely so yeah i was i was really really lucky actually uh i went to the england germany match in wow okay yeah all right yeah so shout shout out to mike who actually sorted me out with the tickets for that they went crazy uh yeah a load of my mates went crazy on the tickets it turned out they got a spare because they all went for them and they all go they've been to england away matches and stuff so they're all in kind of the england supporters group and yeah he he popped up and said look <laughs> i know we've got our final accountancy exams in two weeks but do you want to come down for the england germany match and i go there's not even that's not even a question is it <laughs> and you go you go and then and then obviously we were uh if you if you think about where the goals were scored and where Kane slid after the second goal um we were in that corner just behind the goal on the lower tier oh, and man. I've never ever ever been in I think the only the only experience that I would have had at a football match to be comparable to that and it's different in a way, but the atmosphere and just how crazy the crowd was, absolute chaos, would have been at Anfield for the second leg of the League Cup semi-final Oof. when Shane Long scored in the kind of the 90th minute to yeah. put us into the final. And you look around, there's grown men crying everywhere, people flying down five rows of seats. Um, yeah, there's nothing like it. Um, and that's Honestly, why we yeah. love football, right? Yeah. That's why we love it. 
Yeah, um, 100%. I've, I've been for a couple other qualifiers to Wembley as well, and I went to the Tyson Fury fight. Uh, oh, recently, really? Okay, okay. Uh, that was, was his final fight, right? For, for his career. I don't believe that he's going to start <laughs> I don't believe. There's too much money out there for him. Yeah. Even if he goes... I mean, he'll definitely go into WWE or something, but I yeah. think he'll at least he'll box again. I think the yeah. money is... He's he's put up videos already on his Instagram of him in the ring doing some yeah. sparring with Big John and stuff, doing some shadow boxing. So he'll he'll be back. He'll be back. He's just it's all about building hype in the boxing business, isn't it? So yeah, for sure. Um, um, okay, so quickly moving on now to the next topic, which is the promoted teams. Fulham confirmed, Bournemouth confirmed, and now I believe the playoff finals between Huddersfield and Nottingham Forest. Any yep. um, tips you, you think, who do you think is going to make it uh, through between the, those last two teams? <sighs> or who do you prefer My, to see at least? So who do I prefer? Nottingham Forest are a big club, right? They're a big yeah, club. They've yeah. got a big history. Um, but I can't, I just, I don't think any football fan outside of a Forest fan can want Forest to go up after what happened following the game against Sheffield United. Um, the pitch invasion, we're seeing a lot of them at the moment. Everton, there was a pitch invasion tonight. Um, it's, Are you it's talking about the Billy Sharp incident? I'm talking about the Billy Sharp incident. Yeah, and terrible. Absolutely that's, fucking it's terrible. It's disgusting. And yeah. uh, Billy Sharp is one of one of the really, he's a good guy in football. He's a legend. He, he played on right? the, Surely. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's an English football league legend. He did yeah. a season, he did a couple of seasons at Southampton in our, in our promotion season from the championship. He came in, uh, put in some goals and yeah, he's just, he raises money for charity. There's like a cause with his son, I think who died when he was very young and he's got his own foundation and stuff. He's just a great guy, awesome goal scorer. And to see something like that, you just, it's just Sickening. disgusting, really. Yeah, and it's 100%. stuff that somehow, I don't know how you stop it, really, because everyone, you kind of like to see the pitch invasions and fans celebrating. But yeah. I think when there's stuff yeah. like that going on, it's just it's just out of control. So Surely, surely heart, that warrants a life ban, right, from the stadiums? Yeah, so I think Forrest said that they were going to ban him for life. I don't know how that goes for kind of across football stadiums. I'm not really sure how banning orders work, but um, and I think he's now he's been jailed for 24 weeks or something. The bloke. Um, oh, that's way too short. No, and and it will get cut short. It'll, he'll behave good and he'll be out yeah. after 12 weeks. But yeah. um, I don't know where do we draw on the line. We've seen a lot of incidents this year with kind of things being thrown onto the pitch, right? At Goodison, where I think when they were playing Villa. And I think, um, I can't remember who got hit, but bottles were thrown on the pitch and stuff like that. And we're seeing more and more of that. And there is the argument to say, do you punish a club? And at the point a club gets punished, then are the fans going to kind of change their mind? They go, well, what I'm doing is going to have a real impact on kind of the performance of the team. Um, yeah, it's a difficult, it's a difficult issue. But in terms of the playoff final, I think in terms of Huddersfield Forest, my my gut says Forest are going to win. I think they're just on yeah. such, they're such good form at the moment. Brennan Johnson yeah. is an incredible player. Bryce Samba pulling off absolutely ridiculous saves at the end of that extra time. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then, yeah. And then, I mean, even in the pound shootout, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was taking the piss. 
Yeah. <laughs> he was honestly he was taking so much time between each penalty. He was having a word with the ref when the ref was trying to put him back on his line and then he was moaning about them taking time or where the ball was on the spot, which is what you want to see from your keeper in the penalty shootout. Yeah. Anything yeah, yeah, yeah. any edge you can get. But when he's standing there and he has he has the guts to stand completely still and yeah. not dive and he beats yeah. that penalty against the bar and you just think there's no way that Sheffield United are going to win this penalty shootout from here. Like this guy's, he's he's not going to let it happen. Um, yeah. So I think I think Forest are going to win as much as I like Carlos Corberan and what he's kind of put in place at Huddersfield. Um, I think Forest will win. So we're looking at what Fulham, Bournemouth, Forest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, should be exciting. All right. Um, so before we move on to the last bit of our banter, what I'm going to do quickly, since Ross isn't here, I'm going to insert the social plug. Um, so you listen to his beautiful voice and let him do his thing. Yeah, for sure. So you can message us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handles at BantaB. On Discord, in the DraftPL channel, BantaBoys, hashtag 6585. On Reddit, you backslash banta underscore boys you can listen to us on spotify apple podcast google podcast soundcloud and youtube all under the name of banta boys okay sweet so now that uh you've done what ross has said you know followed us on all the socials you know uh liked uh suggested you know your best friend come listen to us even if we provide <laughs> shit advice you know we're entertaining as fuck <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, last few things I want to kind of cover is players of the season. I think this is the official list right now. Uh, T-Bebe, Bowen, Cancelo, KDB, Saka, Salah, Son, and James Ward fucking Prowse. I got to get myself a shirt, honestly. Um, do you, so two, two questions about this list. Do you think anyone does not deserve to be on this list or anyone your surprise was, you know, was not added to this list? No, I th I think looking at the list, um, I don't think you can really argue against any of those players being on, right? Um, maybe we'd look at it and say, is it a bit strange that there's no Chelsea players on there? Maybe. Chelsea have... No, no, not at all. You Honestly, think... we... No, we. I don't think we've had any player that's had that level of consistency throughout the season. It's been a yeah. squad effort where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think if I was looking at, if I was looking at Chelsea, I don't want to go into it too much. If we're not going to say, I would say maybe, if anyone, you go Rudiger would make like a team of the season shout. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's the that's the only but person who has been you know consistent. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um. But in terms of in terms of that listing, um. Yeah, Son, the only real consistent... I think you, Kane has been electric second half of the season, but, I mean, as everyone knows on fan tracks, he was absolutely nowhere. No, he wasn't yeah. providing the assists. He wasn't doing yeah. anything for the first half of the season. So, yeah, Son, Son for me, uh, completely worthy. Um, yeah, I, I guess the, the, <laughs> the elephant in the room is going to be... James Ward-Prowse is going to be the one that I think people would maybe question and say... Ah, he scored a few free kicks. Just yeah. a few. I mean, he's only behind David Beckham by like what a few. But that, but that, but that is, but that is what people people say, right? They go, ah, James Will Prowse, he take away his free kicks. What is he? But he's not. He's not in that list just because he scored some highlight reel free kicks this season. Without him, 
And if you watch Southampton for a 90-minute game and you watch them week in, week out, like I do, without him, we would have gone down. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, and we would have gone down in previous seasons. The work he does off the ball, if you look at kind of like ball recoveries, he's fifth in the division or something, I think. And all over the park, he drives and he he is really the leader of the team and he dictates what we do. Um, and if he's really out of form, then generally we will struggle as well. Um, and then he's got that absolute magic from the set piece. Oh, mate, every free kick is a penalty, honestly. Yeah, and that's the thing that you look and you'll be in the stadium and he'll get uh, a set piece and the crowd will go quiet. But now what will happen is that you start getting the whistling from the fans behind the goal. You start getting the jeering as if it's a penalty shootout because they know the danger that's there. And then you add in the fact that he's now stuck in a free kick like the Wolves game where he's yeah. 30, 35 <laughs> yards odd out and he produces a knuckleball and you go, yeah. I've never seen that before from him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? It's a yeah he did mention he was practicing that as well, especially for that game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been saying he was knocking, knocking a few from a, a further out because he doesn't, he doesn't practice them lots. He doesn't do tons. I think that's the, the magic of what he does. He'll, I think he, he came out in an interview with the Southampton website and he said, look, at the end of a session, I'll give myself five, six free kicks. And I'll put as much pressure on as possible to make it as much like a, a real game scenario. Obviously, when he's coming up and developing, he's taking tons. But now he's at the point, he's like, I'm just perfecting it. And it's just to execute that in that one, in that kind of one-off scenario in a game. Because teams now, they will do anything they can to not take any of our players out on the edge of the box. Because yeah. they'd rather have us in the box trying to score, which we're terrible at. <laughs> give James <laughs> yeah. Will Prowse, give James Will Prowse a um, an opportunity. But um, yeah, the rest of the list, I think, other standouts maybe Gallagher for the first half of the season. But again, yeah. he's 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 dropped off, and I he's also I think been played like a little bit deeper at times in the second half of the season, which has kind of limited what he's done. Um, I guess what have we got? So, Diaz second half of the season has been unbelievable. Electric. I think Diaz. Yeah. I think Diaz will be on this list this time next year. I think yeah. that's my early. That's my early shout. We'll get that in there. <laughs> Love I think it. He's he's been unbelievable um, in every game that he's played in. The rotation might hurt him depending on what Liverpool do in the summer. But I think, give him a full preseason and a season in the Premier League, he's going to be unbelievable. Um, yeah. Yeah. How about you though? Who's your pick? Um, I, I I think that I I mean the the list is fitting. I want to say I don't I don't think they're missing anyone per se. Um, for me though, if I had to pick uh, the person who's gonna win Player of the Season, ah uh, man, like I I think most will gravitate towards KDB, especially if City win the title as well. Um, but I I want to say that. He, he didn't have a consistent season. He was injured for a little bit, right? He missed a few games here mm. and there. For me, I think who's been an absolute joy to watch, and it's going to pay me to say as a Chelsea fan, is Youngman Son. He's just been magical to look at. Some of his finishing, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think consistency. I don't think he'll win it. I don't no. think he'll win it. No, I don't think he will I either, th yeah. 
I think it will be I think it'll be Salah or KDB. I think yeah. I think when you look at what Salah is because if we look at world football, first half of the season, no argument Salah was the best player in the world. Second half of the season, people are saying KDB, best player in the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love so, for Bowen to win it as well, to be honest. I mean, my, my extended family are West Ham fans, so I'm okay with that. I've learned to love them. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bowen, Bowen, I've, I mean, I've had him in both Community and the Genie League. I can't remember which way round it was. I think it was the Genie League. I picked him up. Like round eighth seven. round or something. Yeah, yeah something round seven or eight in the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where, I think that's where he went in most drafts. I think maybe my community league, he went earlier and I was gutted when I saw him go and I was like, oh, I need I need to get him. I, yeah. I won't stop. I won't yeah. stop until I've got him. <laughs> I got him. Um, but yeah, he's he's been unbelievable. And I think when you look at, it's tricky because you look at players like Salah and KDB and you've got all of the talent around them and what they're doing. Bowen is playing in, obviously, West Ham have got a lot of talented players, but he's playing in a less skill squad. There's less money that's yep. gone into that team. And he's yep. over 10 goals, over 10 assists this season. Um, I don't think I don't think he'll win it, but he has been one of my favorite players to watch this year. Definitely. All right, we move on to the last bit. Uh, managers of the season. So the list is Thomas Frank, Guardiola, Eddie Howe, Jurgen Klopp and Patrick Vieira thoughts about this Who, who's your opinion? yeah i had a i had a debate uh i had a debate on twitter who was it who's it with i'm gonna have to scroll back through the uh there's a lot of questions that have come in this week i was having a debate i can't remember who it was with um about Vieira being on this list um and i was backing it i was backing it i think yeah i i think it's a good show for sure yeah done done yeah, wonders he... with the squad that he's he has took them to the semi-finals right as well of the fa cup yeah obviously. and if you if you look at what they did at the start of the season obviously they brought in Eze last year elise mm. coming this year anderson's yeah. coming from fulham um gay from in. chelsea yeah yeah he's coming from chelsea they've really what he's had to do to kind of renew that squad and obviously, you've got the the kind of big players that have been in the past years. Um, Milo Jovic has always been kind of really driving that midfield and kind of popping up with penalties every here and yeah. there. And I think he was yeah, on free, yeah, yeah. He used to be on free kicks. But yeah, what he's done to kind of renew that team. And at the start of the season, I think everyone was looking at what they've done. They're going, Vieira, really, what experience does he have? Has he really done that well? He's just been in kind of the city group. Um and he's got a young team. It could go wrong very quickly. Um, I think it was um, De Boer who went after six, seven yeah. games. Yeah. And I think yeah. people were almost, obviously not that bad, but I think people were really saying, well, we could see something similar here where we could see Palace kind of 18th, 19th at the start of the season. Um, and he could be under pressure really quickly. But yeah, Gallagher insp inspired, inspired. He was unbelievable um, and really carried them. And yeah, what he's done has just been great. I think they've been linked with more players. I think they've been linked with Colwell, who is obviously one of Chelsea's really star young players. He's been great on loan this season at Huddersfield. Um, so they've they've been linked with more players and I think Vieira will continue to be great. So yeah, I'm a big advocate for Vieira on this list. Do I back him as my manager this season? Maybe, maybe not quite. Um, who else have we got in there? Who else have we got? How? What are your thoughts on how? I mean, if if, if we're doing it in halves, second half of the season, you got to give it to Eddie Howe, right? 
how he's kind of managed to yeah. recover their season um, and kind of turn St. James's Park into a fortress, I want to say. Yeah, and you've there's such power in that fan base, right? Yeah. They won't be matched in terms of how much they care about that club and how passionate they are about that club. Yeah. We could have the debate all day long about how much money they spent in January. Yeah. But at the end of the day, people looked at the end of January and says, who have they signed? They've signed Dan Byrne from Brighton. They've signed Matt Target from Villa, who people were saying is, I mean, I've rated Matt Target since he was at Southampton, but people, it's not exactly like a marquee signing, right? They signed Chris Wood and people looked at that and said, they've only signed him so they can weaken Burnley. And then obviously you had Bruno (laughs) Gimaraes, who is, as he's turning out to be, is an unbelievable player. The better Bruno, right? Listen, <laughs> he is at the I, moment. I, I, I think he's. I saw a tweet since he came in or since he got his mm. starts. He's been outscoring Bruno Fernandes. By far. By far. I yeah. think he's on about yeah. 12 and a half points per game. And I think Bruno, meanwhile, has been on about nine or yeah. high eights yeah. uh, since January. So, yeah, I think Howe took his time with him at the start. I think people picked him up and were hoping that he was going to hit the ground running. And then he sat on the bench for four or five weeks. And his first goal was a backheel volley against Southampton. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How fitting. <laughs> and going, ah, typical. <laughs> typical. But what Howe has done to kind of really harness that, get it all together, get them really working after how terrible Steve Bruce was. I think what this shows, as much as how good Eddie Howe has done, is how bad Steve Bruce was with that squad of players. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving Joe Linton into midfield. I mean, Genius, that's, right? he's been great. Yeah, he's been great. <laughs> and I think people have, people have really bought into that. Um, yeah, Matt Fraser. I mean, Ryan Fraser even, not yeah. Matt Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Fraser, he's had a couple of injuries. But again, he had a little purple patch. Um, but yeah, they're third in the league, I think, since January behind yeah. City and Liverpool. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. And I think next season we could, we could genuinely see them kind of top seven comfortably yeah really wow okay okay interesting shout yeah i mean listen they've got the money to invest right so you'd expect them to at least be you know propping up top 10 at least be part of the top 10 right there's going to be expectations now um awesome so i think now what we'll do is um let uh listeners know how we quickly you know do do this podcast so if this is your first time to the banter boys podcast welcome so typically how we run things is we have two halves in the first half we do a bit of a data dump we run through scoring categories and then we you know catch up in our leagues how we've done any moves that we've made um then we take a halftime pint and then in the second half we run through twitter questions then we round things off with our FA slash waiver picks. Uh, you know, players that are under 50% owned and we're going to suge- make suggestions that, you know, hopefully will make a difference in your league, especially in the final game week. You know, maybe it'll help you win your season or, you know, shit the bed. Either one. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think we've carried the banter on long enough. Let's start with the data dump. Shall we, Jacob? Yeah, let's go. Fantasy with the Banta Boys. All right. So 
we're going to be looking at a few categories now. And just a heads up, in double game week 37, the teams that were doubling were Everton, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Burnley, and Leicester. So if you hear players from these teams, you know, just take it with a grain of salt sort of thing, right? So the first category we're going to look at is key passes, right? So the highest number of key passes recorded this game week were six by two players, Luca Dean and James Milner. Then five key passes by Buendia, Eriksson, Douglas Luiz, and Zinchenko. And then four key passes by a bit of a long list here. Anderson from Crystal Palace, KDB, Rafinha, Eze, Jorginho, Anthony Gordon, James Madison, John McGinn, McNeil, Lucas Moura, Sema from Watford, Sessegnon from Spurs, Hyungman Son, Trossard, and Simicas. Quick thoughts on this, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, key passes. James Milner, he's a standout, isn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> 19, was it 19 half... points or something like that? In the yeah, first so half alone was... was 15.5, by the way. Yeah, so the, the, the first half was five key passes. Um, yeah, and that was yeah. when he was, he was sat in the middle of the park. And obviously he had more junior players around him, right? You had kind of the, the you'd argue- Curtis the Jones and beat. Harvey Elliott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You had uh, Minamino, who obviously never gets to start. Um, yeah. And Southampton was, legend, was... right? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, well, it's not key pass related, but it really, really annoyed me when he didn't celebrate because he played about six games for us and he was absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> he refused to celebrate. Just go do a knee slide in front of the fans. I don't care just celebrate um but in terms of milner he was sat there in the middle of the park spraying the balls around he was on set pieces obviously um and i i had him uh in my community league team and uh will will ff92 uh was was messaging me before the game going hi who's he gonna go with is he gonna go with matip is he gonna with with milner um and i dropped i dropped milner um and in hindsight, I think it worked out because Reese James did okay today. But yeah, I, I dropped Milner and he was on 15 after the first half. And I'm thinking, this is this, <laughs> this is a joke. I knew he was on set pieces with Trent out. Um, you should have gone with him. Uh, other other standouts, I think it was nice to see Rafinha back on there. I think recently when Leeds have gone kind of five at the back, he's been placed in like a right wing back role under Jesse Marsh. Um, and I think this week, despite the fact they didn't actually have a right back because Ailing is banned, I think he, he was further up the pitch where you'd like to see him and where all these fans would like to see him. Um, and he was back on it. And he, despite the fact that we know he's probably going to leave in summer, he hasn't stopped fighting. I think you might look at it and go, is he going to down tools? But he's been really, despite the points totals, if we look at real life performance, he's been given everything to try and keep leads up. Um, who else have we got on there? Madison. Madison as well. Four key passes. Um, yeah, Douglas Louise five was interesting to see. Um, I know he played two games, but he's, he is quite good on the ghost points, isn't he? I think he's he's a bit of a sleeper sometimes. He can have some some games where he's not going so well, but he is he does put up those kind of nice eights to twelves that you like to see in the in the mid of your team when you're kind of relying on some solid points rather than goals or assists. Um, anyone else stand out for you? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see the likes of Sema on there. He was like a player that I was quite high on uh, at the start of the season. I think I brought him in in a couple of my drafts. Uh, last mm. two games, he's been putting up decent ghost points. Um, I'm not saying, listen, go grab a Watford player for your last um, game week of the season, right? It's versus Chelsea, and I think they're going to get absolutely smashed. Um, <laughs> I think the likes of Sessignon uh, popping up on that list isn't too surprising as well, given his chance on the squad, you know, with Reguillon's injury. Uh, yeah. The likes of Simikas isn't surprising. Simikas was pretty much taking most of the corners. Um, Milner was pretty much just feeding the ball to players and players were just taking a pop at goal, right? Which I think mm. Southampton kind of allows a lot of, like, shots yeah. on target, right? Because y- you saw in the time that even Fraser Forster uh, was fit or playing or whatnot, I think he's uh, he has a bit of an injury right now, right? Because yeah, McCarthy yeah. played the last game. Um, he was racking up so many save points. It, it was kind of crazy uh, at one point. Um, it, it isn't surprising, I want to say, to see Ericsson on that list. Really excited to see where he's going to go next season drafts, especially if he stays at Brentford. And we're going to kind of discuss that in our question section. But definitely one surprise is Anderson with four key passes. Really did not expect to see him on that list. Yeah, and he's he's popped up recently. I don't... I didn't. I haven't seen all of those. I've not seen kind of, and it wouldn't have been picked up on all the highlights. I'm. He does spray balls from deep, and I'm not sure if yeah. that's. I'm not sure if if he was just kind of getting key passes from that, or whether he, it's actually from kind of second balls that are then shot from corners where he's winning the header, and maybe someone's or on a set piece where someone's then getting a shot on target. I'm not sure whether it's directly from him kind of playing those long balls because he is really really good on the ball and especially with Palace's defense really playing quite well at the moment and they've had quite a few clean sheets um he could be one of those center backs that you do consider in the draft next year I'm not saying anywhere high but he is someone that you might often you just leave the center backs right you only look at players yeah. like Tarks um, yeah. me historically yeah. like Rudiger yeah. Matip, yeah. I think a few people took a punt on. But in those later rounds, maybe he is one to take a punt on for next year. Yeah, I mean, he got two assists. <clears throat> I mean, he got two assists in the game versus Arsenal, right? And those yeah. are from pure passes as well. So maybe maybe we're onto something there. You never know. All right, so we'll move on, though, to the next category, which is shots and how many of them were on target. So the highest number of shots recorded this game week was nine by Richarlison. Um, he had three of them on target. Then seven shots attempted by João Pedro from Watford. He had five of them on target. Hakim Ziyech with two of his seven on target. And then six shots attempted by Grealish, who had one on target. Harry Kane, who had three on target. And Puki with two of his six on target. And then finally, five shots attempted by Bobby Firmino with one on target. Buendia with one on target. Coutinho with two on target. Ings with one on target. Pedro Neto with one on target and rounding things off, Ollie Watkins with two of his five on target. Thoughts there, Jacob? Yeah, I think looking at that, I don't think there's anyone really too surprising on there given the, the given the minutes that they've kind of got, right? Um Ziek, I think coming in with seven shots. I think he's always looking to cut in. Yeah. And he's been unfortunate with yeah. he's he's always he's been unfortunate with starts this season, but I think when he does play and he's in the groove that you would kind of expect to he- see him putting up a lot of shots. Coutinho again, like a similar similar vein where Coutinho was really even when he was at Liverpool was never really a big 
creator in terms of passing, but he was always looking to cut in and score goals and some yeah. magical goals he did score. Um, yeah. Richarlison up at the top. Uh, yeah, Everton, Everton, wow. Um, did you watch the game today? So we're recording on, um, I want to say Friday midnight, right? Um, or Thursday midnight or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Everton are staying in the league, man. Yeah, from two 0 from two 0 down. My ha- my housemate yeah. uh, Ryan, shout out to him. He's a massive Everton fan. As much as he would really try and avoid that kind of <laughs> six weeks ago, um, yeah. But yeah, what they've done in the last few weeks, Richarlison, especially. I think this week DCL, he's he's come back and he's he's yeah. obviously grabbed grabbed um, a contribution tonight, but. Richarlison has really been the one that's been dragging that team along with with Anthony Gordon. And yep. as much as I hate him as a fan tracks asset, um, and he is one of the most frustrating players. I think you people often put Richarlison and Zaha together, right? Yeah. Those, yep. those forwards that you kind of feel, yeah, they'll score points, but so many weeks they'll let you down. And you just think, ah. Oh. And then you watch them play as well. And if you're invested in them as a player, so frustrating. Richarlison yeah. spends half the time on the ground. There's no <laughs> denying that. Um, but he he loves Everton. He loves yeah. he loves the club. Um, I think people would maybe look at him on first glance, and I think with the Brazilian tag and kind of stereotyping him, you go, yeah, he'd look for a way out and look for a move because he's really talented. But he will give everything for that team. You see him with that unbelievable image of him with the flare in his hand, yeah, launching yeah, it back yeah. into the Iconic, crowd. Iconic for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Everton have done it now. Um, and as much as it would have been entertaining to see them go down. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, all really... my Liverpool friends would agree with that. <laughs> and it really would have uh, really would have put the cat amongst the pigeons in the transfer market because there have been a lot of players up for grabs then. Um, yeah. yeah, him up on nine shots, three on target. And really that result tonight. Um, I hope he stays there. I think I'd like to see him stay next season, maybe with, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how good Lampard will be in the long term for them. But Yeah, li- listen, I-, I think you can expect goals from Everton. Don't expect clean sheets, right? Yeah, that- I mean, basically you've got, what the you've situation got was. with Lampard, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's exactly what happened with us as well, right? It- it's um, going to be entertaining games, never dull moment. Just you're you're gonna be on the edge of his seat, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um. N- nothing else really too surprising from that list. I want to say maybe João Pedro with seven shots, being a Watford player, five on target. Um. Pedro Neto and from one game. From one yeah, game. Yeah. From one game. Exactly. Right. Uh. Pedro Neto as well on on that list. Uh, he's had you know a very injury ridden period over the last couple of years i want to say um but we know his quality right we we see mm. what he can do i want to say he he almost had like a bowen like season right a couple seasons ago right so yeah maybe he he will be that player again next season Who, who's to say right um yeah i think they've i think they've been very very cautious in bringing him back right i think people saw he was back in training back with the first team squad put on the bench and myself included yeah I picked him up yeah, yeah. um and he was sat around for a while, but I think rightly so after a big knee injury, um, they've just really been cautious with him. And hopefully, yeah, with a full preseason under his belt, we'll see him putting in those kind of performances that we saw from him last season. Because I think when Liverpool signed Jota, I think people were looking at it and saying, well, Neto's arguably a bigger talent. 
I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, prefer yeah, yeah. Neto. I mean, Jota's proven himself to be a, a complete bagsman. Um, but, yeah, yeah, but I, 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 I feel I like Jota has underperformed a little bit this season, no? I feel like he, he should be on a lot more goals. <sighs> it's that rotation with Liverpool. Yeah. I think when you look at the, like, the headed goals that he's putting in, and he's, he's just a pure poacher. Um, yeah. It's tricky because I think when you look either side of you and you've got Mane one side and you've got Salah the other side, yeah. you've got a... And they're used to having Firmino in there who doesn't traditionally, he's linking up the play and he's not an out-and-out goal scorer. I think it's almost a tough role for almost a pure goal scorer to come into. You've got, a, Salah's not going to be giving you nice, easy tap-ins. He's going to be taking those goals for himself. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. but no, re no real surprises on there apart from that. Yep, all right, so... Next category is Acre crosses into the box. Uh, highest number recorded is four. Uh, two players here, uh, Ericsson and Lucas Mora. Then three Acre crosses into the box by a bit of a list here. Uh, Seamus Coleman, Luca Dean, uh, Demar Gray, Raul Jimenez, uh, James Madison, McNeil, Ken Sema, Ryan Sassignon, and Charlie Taylor from Burnley. Quick thoughts here. Yeah, I guess the one that really sticks out to me on first sight is uh is Raul Jimenez I I'm I mean I've not I've not such a disappointing the... season though I want to say as an yeah. owner personally <laughs> as an yeah as an owner I mean obviously he's come back from the head injury yeah um yeah. which is great to see him back I think Wolves I think yeah it's tricky Neto Neto last year with Jimenez was really the the kind of combination that they had going on and they had Doherty as well previously. So I think just coming back in and obviously it's a slightly different style of play. Um, so so if you since... had to take a guess, right, um, where do you think Jimenez sits in all of Wolves' players right now in fan track scoring, right, overall? And who Ooh. do you think is the top player for Wolves? Without cheating, without cheating, take a guess. Uh, the top player for see i'm i'm just gonna go outright and say jose sars the top player yeah 100 percent. you're right there yeah, yeah yeah top player um where, where do you think jimenez sits though I, the thing is the defense has been quite strong i can't see that like nevers and and moutinho are oh. so nevers sits at fourth overall and moutinho yeah. sixth overall maybe he is below them then maybe maybe jimenez like sits like no, nah, I'm going to stick Jimenez. No, I'm going to stick him below them. I'm going to say eighth. I think the defender is going to be up there if Sar's up there. So Jimenez actually sits between those guys, Nevers and Moutinho. Okay. Um, so followed by Jose Sar is Roman Saiz and Max Kilman. So, I mean, okay. you, yeah. you were onto something. At least, you know, the defenders were pretty much the source of points for Wolves. But yeah, I mean, Jimenez would have gone maybe, I want to say, third, fourth round in most of the drafts this season. Where do you think you're going to draft him next season, though? Jimenez? Mm. I guess we might come come around to this with kind of draft strategy and stuff. There's just some players that I, th I think people look at an out-and-out -out stats and there's just some players that I just don't like and I won't draft them. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, I know, Genie. You have your do not draft list, which is kind of you might have reasons behind it, and I, he's almost on that because I think, I think we're really looking at round. There's a lot of players around. I think we're looking around round five. Yeah, I think round yeah. five. I think is fair. Um, 
And it might be a bit of a steal. If Neto comes back and you're looking at Neto in a Wolves team where he's flying again and producing and creating for Jimenez, then potentially you're looking at an uptick of form. So he could be a bit of a, a dark horse because he was always a consistent performer before the season, right? Before his his injury. And I think if you look at, he's still going in for headers, like he hasn't really affected his play that much. So he could be a bit of a sleeper next year in the draft because I don't think he will go that high. And yet I think you would say last season, he's up at kind of what, like a round three. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a partner in Adama Traore, right? Who pretty much dribbles half the <laughs> opponents, right? And just feeds him. Never ass. scores. <laughs> Never scores, right? Um, but yeah, all right. So now we'll move on to the random extra category. Just stuff that kind of jumped out. Uh, so the highest number of successful dribbles this game week was six by, I mean, no surprise here, Alan St. Maximin, who's basically like an Adama Traore player. Um, what was interesting to see, though, is he scored nine points in total this game week, right? So six of them coming from just dribbles. Um, in aerials, DCL came back this game week. He topped the aerials list with 24 of them. And then the second highest number was 16 from Ashley Barnes. Uh, then foul suffered was another interesting one. John McGinn uh, with 10 of them, who I think is a midfielder that is a bit underrated in Fantrax drafts. And then finally, offsides, four of them from Callum Wilson, who's back in the game. Thoughts on this quickly, Jacob? Yeah, so I was I was going to say with ASM, uh, with getting the low points, and before I kind of, you got down to Callum Wilson, I instantly thought, well, I, I had Callum Wilson sitting on my bench in one league, and I watched the game, and he was unbelievable. Okay, he got caught offside four times, but he had an, a great game. I think Sky Sports put him as their man of the match. Um, but if you look on fan tracks, I think he scored one and a half points. And it's one of those ones that if you don't watch the game and you just look at fan tracks, you go, why do I have any interest in that? Like, he's clearly just come back from injury. He's not really done much. He had maybe one shot on target and a, a couple other stats, which rounded out to one and a half. Um, so it's interesting that ASM also had like a kind of relatively low score in the game against Arsenal. Um, especially considering the fact that Newcastle dominated that game, really. Um, I don't think Arsenal at any point looked like they were going to win that game. Um, but it does show often how how much... I think nine points is a, a solid score when you're looking at without a goal assist contribution, I think. Um, yeah, I think you'd expect at least 10, right? From any yeah. player that you want in your squad, right? Baseline 10 points. Yeah. Um, so in terms of those two, I, I think, again, it kind of leads to Newcastle next season. I think it's going to be tricky to value them in the draft. I think there could be some really good value in there. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. people will look if they make four big signings over the summer and all of a sudden you'll see all of the Newcastle players up in like round two to four or something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, th there's definitely some value to be had. Maybe not in the star players like ASM and Wilson, but maybe there's other players around the squad that are actually going to score very well. Bruno's a really interesting one, I think, to consider next year for Newcastle. Um, DCL, great to see him back on, back on kind of really impacting the game um, in terms of both games. And after, I think he'd really been left out of the squad. I, th I know he came back from injury and I think he made a start and then he's been on the bench for kind of three games and then he's come in this week. Um, 
So, yeah, and then Ashley Barnes, again, he stepped up well having to come in with Vidra being injured. Um, and I, I think I sat him on my bench in one league. I'm, I can't remember which one it was, but I sat him on my bench and then kind of looked at it and saw the points creep, creep up. And then he scored a penalty tonight and I'm going, oh, maybe, maybe I should have started. <laughs> it's always those ones, right, that you look, you look yeah. at and you go, oh, I should have started him. Um, yeah. Yeah. McGinn is one of those players I think you draft. And when you've drafted him, he always goes under the radar. And then whoever yeah. drafts him never trades him. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So Mr. Consistent, <laughs> I want to see, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I think there's there's those. I think McGinn again probably goes a similar place next year in the draft. He'll probably go slightly under the radar. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, yeah. Awesome. So now I think we'll move on to our next segment, which is the league updates. <laughs> I am definitely not going to enjoy this one, but <laughs> Jacob, uh, let's start with no. you. Uh, quickly, any any notes like uh how did your results go where are you sitting right now in in your tables yeah so uh in terms of the table so i think we'll, we'll start off with uh my home league um and in terms of my home league it's really been a terrible season um but <laughs> this week <laughs> this week this and we'll get onto it later uh i know yeah. with some of the questions but yeah this week so we've broken up into playoffs now so what happens is uh the top six go into playoffs and the bottom six go into playoffs as well so i think i had to play an elimination kind of style game last week in the bottom six playoffs um and then this week is like the semi-final if we call it like the plate competition and i think whoever yeah. won the plate last year is has done unbelievably well this year so there's kind of an ongoing joke that maybe winning the plate sets you up nicely for the following year there's no prize yeah. or anything but it's good so <laughs> just so bragging this week, rights you know <laughs> i can't remember exactly what is sat at but i think i was sat at about a 65 point deficit going into today and whoever i was um playing jamie he had three players left and i had 10 players left i think <laughs> i'd lined up fully for the double game week so i had uh holgate uh i had coleman reese james so yeah i had an assist coming in from james and holgate i had tyreek mitchell who didn't really contribute too much i had corne uh Eze, who obviously put up um, 23 this week um so in the end i came through and won that 148 to 115 uh, which was nice. DCL up front was really the main driver as well on that with 35 and a half. Um, so yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice comeback. It's always nice watching the scores kind of rise up when you're from so far behind. Um, yeah, yeah, move, yeah. Moving on um, to the Genie League. The Genie League at this stage is interesting. So in terms of our league, um, the Sunday League, the division's wrapped up. Um, and so what I'm fighting for at the moment... Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was. Yeah, but it was interesting because I didn't realize that the actual league and the prizes, although we've got the playoffs going on, ran to game week 38. So, um, yeah, I've had to kind of stay on it past game week 35. I was kind of looking forward to sitting back and looking at the playoffs going on. And then I realized I actually had some more games to play. Um, so, yeah, this week I paid for that. Um, I ended up playing five at the back. Um, I think I played a 5 4 1 which is unheard of in fan tracks. I don't know what yeah. really happened. Um, and I got absolutely spanked. Uh, <laughs> I, had, I had 17 players and uh, is it, and I think uh, up to, 
who um they both kind of combine and and manage wish i had sancho together uh yeah i i got absolutely destroyed so um i scored 71 in the end and they scored 154 which was kind of led by madison on 51 and a half uh, yeah 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 i think i think he did brutal. a trade earlier in the season kulusevsky for madison or something like that mm. which worked out really nicely for him in the end yeah, and I think Kulusevski's kind of gone a little bit off the boil. Um, but yeah. if I look at my bench, if I look on my bench on this, if I if I we combine all the scores on my bench as well, I had seventy two on my bench, which is a huge oh, score. Yeah. But if you add all of them onto my score, I still wouldn't have beaten him. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sometimes you just look. That's the thing. I've I've done really well this season in that league, but sometimes you just got to put your hands up and go. You're not going to win every game. You might look at your score yeah. and go. Yeah, I've I've I would back that team on paper, but that's the way fantasy goes. Um, yeah. So in in that, I think I'm fighting for the top overall standings on Genie League. Um, I think I'm still top, um, and it's just between me and uh, they can do magic on the final day of the season. Uh, we're both on 29 wins, and I think I'm pretty comfortably ahead. Yeah, I'm about 100 points ahead on points four. So as long as okay, I win, okay. if I if I win next week, I'll win the title. But I think I'm I think I'm against Fletch, which isn't an easy game. He's been playing well. <laughs> no, 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 it's not right. And he's also playing uh, playoffs, right? He's in the final. Exactly. So as he's, well. he's yeah. fully invested. He's fully invested. Yeah. Uh, and then if we go into community league, uh, finally, I. Th- I think we'll get onto the points for overall and Genie League later. But if we go into Community League, so I've been battling out with Will FF92 all season. Um, and yeah, I've I've won this week and he, he's lost. He's, again, he I've, I'm somehow pulling it out of the bag. So again, to, I think this week I was 20 points ahead going in today and I finished on 139 to 104 against Fundauda. Um And in that really carrying me was Holgate again and Reese James again. So there's that consistency kind of between the teams. Um and Maxwell Corne. Um Coutinho didn't start, which was a bit of a shame. But I I did just enough. Um and I think the fact that Holgate was on I think negative points going into today and then finished on 13.25. So if you actually look at what I gained overall today it was quite a lot. So I think I'm one I'm one win ahead of uh, Will going into the final day of the season, but he's absolutely destroying everyone on points four. Yeah. Um, and I faced Danny on the final day of the season, who has all of the fab in our division, so he can do whatever he wants with waivers tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But he's basically going to have free reign. I'm hoping that the fact that it's final day of the season, that the lineups will be a bit unpredictable. So hopefully, some of the waiver moves he does will end up getting benched and it will be on lineups on Sunday. So Yeah, um, it's going to be a chaotic time as well, right? All games kicking off at the same time as well. Yeah. Uh, so, that, yeah, there's the league. So I think I... Uh, yeah, we'll see We'll see how the community league goes. It's really tight. Awesome. But yeah. How about you? I, I, I Man, you're absolutely smashing it, you know? So so definitely kudos to that. Um, For, for mine, I would rather not give my update, but I have to, right? It's part of the pod. Um, yeah. So DPL Com League, uh, Triad Triad League, um, I had a... Well, as it stands, I'm losing my match by 0.25 points. 
you know, I'd rather lose by like a hundred points than by point two five points. That has to be a more painful way to lose, right? Um, so now I've dropped down from second to third, um, and I only have a one point lead over my. Uh, I, I guess my rest of my opponents. Um, Robbie P though is sitting in first um, on 66. So I think he's like five ahead of me or whatever. I think he's going to um, seal it in the bag. So congrats to you, Robbie P. Definitely, you know, having a fantastic season. New addition to the TDS as well. So well done, you. Um, no trades went on in this league. What was painful when I was looking back at my um, waiver moves or FA moves or whatever, I had, like you, Milner at one point um, during mm. this game week and I dropped him, right? So... It would have definitely made a difference um, in this game week, right? But who knows with sad corrections. Maybe, you know, a surprise might come. I wake up tomorrow morning and, you know, I might edge the win. But I I'm going to call it an L at this point. So I, I think at this point, what I'm going to try and do is um, at least keep third spot. Because I think you get your money back in third spot, basically. Yeah. But whatever. I, th I think it's been a good season. Yeah, a lot of lessons learned having been first for majority of the season as well. Um, so so we'll see how it goes next season. Um, a couple of moves that I'm not sure if I, I made, you know, were silly. Um, I'm not going to run through all of them, but like... Uh, Schmeichel didn't start his first game, right? Um, so I, I kind of wanted yeah. to have a keeper. Wasn't sure he's going to start the second game or whatever. So I went with Ruddy. Um, Wills versus Norwich. You think that was a silly move? I, th I don't think that's necessarily silly. Um... Look, the general tactic this season, right, is if in doubt, go with versus Norwich. Yeah. Um, I'm going to assume you looked at whoever was available at the time, and obviously that's the most attractive. I think, I think in some leagues I went, I went with Butland, who was free yeah. on the double game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's look, that's totally dependent on really who's available at the time. Um, so yeah, I don't think that was a, a silly move, but obviously, just sometimes they don't pay off. Um, yeah. Honestly, this game is also a lot of luck, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes sure. the 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 move might be might seem obvious, but you can't predict a lot of the shit that happens, right? For for ex for example, you had Coleman. You mentioned in one of your leagues, he yeah. scored a goal. I mean, obviously in the wrong net, right? And you you can't <laughs> write that shit. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think if I look at if I look at, and I think I also have Branthwaite in in like yeah. in Genie League. I have Branthwaite, yeah. and I brought him yeah. in, and I I put him in. And thinking, look, Everton have got a double game week. They're on fire at the moment. And they have turned it around today. But then as soon as I saw that challenge, you go red card. And all of a sudden, yeah, you're sat really down on points. It's not nice. Yeah, I mean, as, uh, like, sympathies go out to console owners this game week as well, right? Um, you think mm -hmm. that, you know, double game week as well, easy fixtures. And he's not great at the ghosties, but he got, what, like, five and a half in the limited time that he was on the pitch? Got a serious injury, now out for, like, maybe 12 weeks or something like that. Doesn't play the second game. It, it's gutting, right? So... It is what it is. Um, so we move on now to the International Genie League. So I had my second leg of my knockout. I won it, but not by enough. 91.25 to 75. I lost overall. So shout out to you, Fletch. Go on and win the whole damn thing. Um, again, a couple of moves that I made here that I wasn't too sure about. Um, I mean, Konza was one of them in here, right? But again, Coleman as well I had in this league. A bit unlucky, but... 
maybe the best one that I made was picking up James Milner early, right? Um, he yeah. basically melted away uh, the lead that Fletch had, and he was panicking a little bit <laughs> at one point. I remember Ollie making a joke in our group about it and stuff like that. But I, I think at, at this point, you know, it is what it is. Um, sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're not, right? So um, we'll move on now quickly. Uh, Puff's 11, Ryan's not here, but I'll give a quick update there. We've moved from 15th to 13th, uh, so slight progression there um ryan also has made a little bit of progression from 30 to 30th we'll see if we can make a final push for the top 10 uh jacob are you playing in perfect 11 by any chance so i um i've done the mini seasons um and i think i qualified in the second mini season for the super league um i did i did really well on that i was terrible in the first one and then the third one i thought i'd i'd do again and i kind of dropped off the super league i'm i'm a little bit gutted um about i I started off okay. I think I had a bit of a, a sus week, and that's so competitive. Like you look at Sean, Robbie, Draft Lad, like all of the boys that you'd expect to see, so competitive up there. Like it's interesting when you look at kind of the Community League and the Genie League, and you look at the overall standings across divisions, and then you look at who's sitting in that perfect league, Super League, and you're going, "There's a lot of the same people up there." So it is interesting yeah. going. Well, these are the people that if you've got complete free reign, and they still manage to kind of put that together in their own teams i i was actually i was away a couple of weeks ago and i completely missed lineups on that perfect league like i'd set up the other teams and yeah it just kind of went out and since then i've just kind of not i've just let it go because i've gone i've i've just got too much to manage which i think again we'll we'll come on to with some of the questions later with kind of managing the amount of things that you have to do um yeah i enjoy it I enjoy it. It's just tricky. I think because it's so easy to let one game week slip um, because you've got to stay on top of every single lineup. Um, so, yeah, so it's been fun. I'll probably join again next season. But, yeah, I'm I'm way done. And I think you've had some of those in your mini seasons as well where it's kind of dropped right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head about like missing out um, players or, you know, forgetting to take players out that aren't starting. It makes a massive difference sometimes, right? Um, yeah. Not having a couple of players in your squad, they could easily put up, let's say, 30 to 50 points even, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen players put up 60 plus points, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, honestly, you really, really got to be on it. Uh, like, I think my safe tactic now, though, is look at what Robbie does in his Perfect 11 and just follow yeah. it until I can't <laughs> see it anymore. <laughs> all right. Um, so I think that's all we're going to talk about in the first half. We're going to take our halftime part real quick and we'll see you after the break. And we are back. Uh, what what are you drinking there, man? What were you sipping Some, on? Some uh, single malt. Okay, okay, you single fancy, malt. you fancy. Yeah, I know. We're running low at the moment, and I didn't want to. I don't know. I didn't want to pour myself out like vodka and then search around for a mixer tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, 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 I'm I'm just taking it easy with some with some wine. Um, I you know what I I figured it was gonna be a bad night in the leagues. I was like, you know what, let me get a bottle just to record and stuff yeah, like that. And I'm enough. I'm sure <laughs> it's it's gonna make this uh, talking about all of this a lot easier, right? Um, but we've got some questions. So since uh Ross isn't here, what I'm gonna do though is I'm gonna read through the questions and I'm gonna get you to take a crack at them. All right. Okay. 
We can both okay. have a crack. We can both have yeah, a crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go first, you know, guest on the pod, etc. <laughs> and I mean, you clearly know what the fuck you're doing, right? <laughs> so, uh, well, um, we'll get, again, we'll get, we'll get into it with one of these questions that comes in. Yeah, here yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. So thank you to everyone that has sent in a ridiculous amount of questions. Clearly, Jacob is loved everywhere he goes. <laughs> So we're going to start things off from our first one from Fondalski at Fondalda. Um, his question is, to Dinier or not to Dinier? Any other players mm. we should start against Liverpool slash Man City? Mm. You know what? Dinier, so I had a look through his scores uh, looking at this. So he, he scored uh, 11 uh, I think 11.25 against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think, was it a 2-1 loss? Um, so he did pretty well, I think, he without the clean sheet. And I don't think he even had a goal or assist. He didn't have a contribution in that game either. So that was a really nope. good haul. Um, yep, yep, yep. But then if you look further back, like a few a few weeks after that, you're looking and I think Spurs spanked them 4-0 and he only scored 2.25. Um, yeah, I mean, but that was pre-injury, right? He had a bit of a dip, mm. I want to say. But post-injury, he's come back like an absolute machine. The Dinia yeah. that we we draft in, like, I want to say the the second or third round, maybe. Yeah, where you expect to see him, right? I think he's one of those top-tier wingbacks. I think my gut says, look, you you start him unless there's something you really see on waivers or on lineups, like a surprise in the top teams, but. I think you start him. The The figures that he's putting up generally over the last few weeks, he's creating as you would expect Dino would. Look, I don't think Villa are going to spring a surprise. Let's let's just make that clear. I don't think they're going to spring a surprise. But I think you look, City, they've had some injuries at the back. Are they going to put... Villa, I think Villa are definitely going to challenge them. They're definitely going to be up for the game, right? And I think... You, as one of your premium players going into the final week, I think he's someone that you would look and you wouldn't be surprised if he, he pops up with an assist, right? He's always going to be there. You'd rather have him than the kind of, I don't know, a Mason Holgate or whatever. Someone so, like so you I punt on. So I'm going to give you a few options to rival Dinia because maybe these okay. are some options that you, you come down to, you got to decide. Uh, so Dan Burn versus Burnley or Luca Dean versus Man City? Ah, <laughs> oh, these are tough. I, I never said I was going to make it easy. I th yeah, I think, I, think, <laughs> Le, I, think you go, I think you go with Dean. I think Le, okay. the Newcastle in great form, Burnley is scrapping it out, but I think you go with Dean. He's, he's more likely one to get a contribution than Dan Burn and two Burnier. Burnier there, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if Burnley despite Newcastle being in great form, that what they need a draw or where well, they need to equal I think they just need to equal Lee's result looking at the table. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both on thirty five right? yeah, yeah. Way better like, goal. What is it, twenty? <laughs> yeah, way better goal difference. Like but yeah. I think I'm going to take a quick look because if I look at uh, if I look at Fandalda's team because he's in he's in my league and in community league and obviously this is up for debate. So he's got Trent. Um, so you definitely start Trent, right? You have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Assuming he start starts, Trent. right? I mean, because they've got Champions League final on the horizon. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay. 
Maybe he's talking about another team because I just squad down. He doesn't actually have uh, <laughs> in this league. He doesn't actually have Dinier. Um So I mean, I can no, I can give I'm you a few at... other options to yeah. Go on to question. Um, what if uh, what if Ethan Pinnock is uh, fit again for Brentford? Ethan Pinnock versus Leeds. <sighs> again, I think Pinnock. I think Pinnock's kind of dropped off, and Leeds are going to be bang up for it. Like once again. Pinnock, on the final day of the season, do I want to be going for Pinnock, who's maybe putting up some ghost points, or do I want to go for Dinier, who's going to chuck in a ball uh, and put Villa 1-0 up against City? I don't know. I, I live for the kind of <laughs> the dream of it. Um, so I go, once again, I go for Dinier. He's putting up those points, and I think Brentford, they're, I don't know, they smashed us, but they're on the beach, in my opinion. Okay, Final option, uh, are you going to go Davinson Sanchez versus Norwich or Luka Dean versus Man City? I'm just going to go, I'm going to go Dean again. Like Spurs, <laughs> Spurs will get a clean sheet, but I don't think they'll have to do much against Norwich. I want to yeah. go for the, I, this is me. I'm a sucker for going for the upside. So yeah. Yeah. There's a, this is the thing. People will turn around and I'll get sold by Will. There's better value out there. But I'm yeah. I'm living for the high scores. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um okay, so I mean we we've kind of talked about like the players that you play um maybe against Mansi. We've kind of only talked about Dean, but I, I think the other yeah. players that you would maybe start from Villa is John McGinn, right? That's the only one I can think of right off the bat. Yeah, John McGinn, reliable, and you know his look. You know, even if they get beaten two 0 comfortably, he's gonna give you a solid base of points. Who yeah. else have Villa got? I mean, Coutinho, who won, didn't start tonight. Okay, you'd expect him to start the weekend, but you look at what Coutinho does, and generally against the top six, top four, top six, he likes scoring he, against Man City. He right? If you think about his Liverpool days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, and maybe he's got a little bit extra investment. I don't know. But again, we go back to the start of the episode and I say, look, they they want to win the game. I don't think Coutinho is going to find an extra yeah. 5% of power in a shot just because he used to play for Liverpool. Um, yeah. But Coutinho doesn't put up points against the big teams. If you look at what he's done, he's he's a flat track bully generally. So, um. Yeah, I wouldn't start him. McGinn, yeah, I'd start. I wouldn't start any of their forwards. Um, yeah, again, Emi Martinez, probably if you can't pick up another keeper and he's sat in your squad already, maybe you just yeah. leave him in there. He might have a lot to do. But yeah, I don't think there's what, really anyone. What if about to... uh, Wolves' assets versus Liverpool? Wolves' assets. Cause the, the Wolves' assets you generally go with are their defenders, as we've kind of touched on. Saar has been a, a standout performer. Again, I'd probably leave in Saar if I've got Saar because he's been consistent yeah. through the season. Probably but gets I'm, a bunch of saves, right? Yeah, it, and that's what that's what you hope for. If he comes out of the game with three points because Liverpool have put three, four goals past him, you kind of look at it and go, okay, fine. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. ones like you putting in Ruddy against Norwich. You go, yeah. I was hoping for the clean sheet. You're hoping for the save points. And if Liverpool, yeah. if they end up letting in a load of goals, then fair be it. Um, yeah. Rest of rest of Wolves, I really would avoid. I think this week. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think yeah. I'd back anyone to create anything, and I wouldn't back the centre backs to really put up a load of points. 
Yeah, game is at Anfield. Liverpool definitely still fighting all the way to the end for the title. Um, you gotta, you, yeah. I wouldn't risk uh, any Wolves players. All right. Um, next question. Uh, coming from Ben Kemp at Ben Kemp underscore twenty one. Uh, which position do you reckon is the most valuable? I.e., a defender, midfielder, or forward, all with identical points per game <laughs> and are certain starters. Which do you fancy the most? I don't know about you, but I think this is a really, really easy question. Really? Yeah. I'd always go for... If I know they've all got identical points per game and they're certain starters, I would go for a defender. Same. Yeah. I mean, there's only one defender that I would always go towards, yeah. and that's TBB. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I popped out a message halfway through the season and swiftly got shut down. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't just for TBB. It was for uh, no. JWP as well, right? You, yeah, you wanted was, a couple. Yeah, I was, yeah. Just, I, was, I was punting out for the boys that I wanted. Um, but yeah. Listen, I think, in the yeah, end, you, you didn't even with... need them, right? So <laughs> Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it's like when you just want a new shiny toy in the garage. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I would always pick a defender. I think generally there's been... I can't remember maybe draft lad or inner geek has put out i think we've seen some stats before um on on the positions versus each other and generally defenders score less right you've only got two i think you've only yeah. got two spots yeah 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 i mean I, that that and like the fact that i want to say over the past few seasons as well midfielders are kind of rare to come by as well right so if you have a really good consistent yeah. midfielder to depend on it, it is quite useful right because it's not like fpl where you can play you know a 5-2-3 sort of thing right yeah they, they, it's a bit more constrained in this game so maybe you go for midfielders generally they tend to be on more set pieces as well right be a bit of more like better on the ghosties i want to say right more creative yeah, and i would i would maybe say if we for game you're saying well if the midfielders have been a bit rarer this season that if you're then looking to maybe trade that that player on that the midfielder with the same points for game as a forward with the same points for game you're going to be able to get a better asset when you then trade that out so if we're talking about maybe draft next season i think yeah you who's who's up at similar points for game is trent right i mean i think i would still take is when you're round one i think it's tricky like i, I don't I'm not sure exactly where, I don't know. My gut says defense. I think I, I, again, I think the defenders are harder to come by. So if I had an option between all three, I'd back myself to be able to get midfielders and forwards that maybe come into form throughout the season. Whereas if I've got a defender that I know consistently is putting up like Digne, like Trent, putting up goals, assists. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I mean if, if you look at... Uh all of the um like the entire season so far right uh yeah. year to date or whatever um and i i know i'm the way i'm gonna say this is gonna make it seem yeah. like i'm catering it towards defenders <laughs> but you look at like the top i think uh six players yeah um ben chilwell has the highest points per game right and then propping that up is trent and cancello right with two forwards in there being mo salah and youngman son and obviously kdb no surprise right so definitely defenders are there and right outside of that kieran trippier as well right so 
I mean, de- defenders definitely have, I don't know, it has that appeal about it. I, I agree. It's a mm. bit of a gut call for me as well, right? But the thing is, is like, I mean, if if a player like Youngmin Sun has like, you know, um, their points per game is, let's say right now sitting at 16.28, is that just because he's just been amazing this season and he's been scoring so many attacking returns? Because... You, you can't say that about Salah in the sense that we've seen him drop off completely, right? Um, yeah. I think in like a few of these game weeks, if you compile like maybe the last three or four, he's maybe scored like under 20 points in total or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough to, to separate them. I think definitely not forwards. Not forwards. Yeah, and it, yeah, you, yeah. You mentioned Trippier's just up there, right? Trippier banged in what two? Was it two free kicks? I think in, yeah. in his short period. <laughs> Look, and out of sudden, the Newcastle fans were saying, "Ah, he's he's up there with the kind of the other notable free kick takers in the league." I mean, I mean, he was also taking cor- corners as well, right? So he would have gotten yeah. like I think seven key passes in all of his minutes this season. Yeah, and um, I think it was only it, four or five games that he actually ended up playing in. I don't know if he's yeah. made. Has he? Did he come on as a sub this week? This is Man City. He came on as a sub for like yeah. twenty-one minutes. I think he conceded mm. two goals and he ended up scoring like negative point seven five points. But if you look at the games that he actually did play, right? I mean, yeah. Granted, the opposition was easy, right? Against Watford in a 1-1, he got 15.75. Against Mm. Leeds, he kept a clean sheet, 15 points. Against Everton, 3-1, 21.25. He scored a goal in that game. And he also scored a goal versus Aston Villa while keeping, I think, the clean sheet and ended up scoring 18 points. So maybe he's... Surely he he ends up maybe like a, a a defender two defender three latest like I don't think he goes later than that. No, I think he definitely and it ties into that kind of Newcastle hype be building into next season, right? And I I think I think it's deserved. They'll be up there. Um, and I think yeah. look, having signed him and him coming back this season, if you look at the the positions that they're going to strengthen, okay, he's going to replace him they're not going to sign another right back because they've they've desperately need players elsewhere as well so yeah you could look at that and go yeah Trippier is nailed on the starter for this next season and he goes up there but um yeah my gut says to answer the question defender defenders yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, final point on that is that I feel like also defenders are less likely to be substituted early, right? Um, yeah, which I is more like of a problem next season, right? Yeah, five five subs. subs. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, so we move on to the next question. Uh, Prashant at Prash underscore CFC. What are you guys planning for off season? How are you going to handle no FPL or draft? Right. Yeah. So I think for for a start, um, I didn't play FPL at all this season at all. Good decision. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it was, I don't know, how many frustrating times... with all the postponements mm. and all the extra double game weeks and stuff like that. And how often do you start FPL and it gets to December and then it kind of tails off? Um, I just thought with picking up the two extra leagues, I didn't do FPL. So yeah, without draft, um, it's interesting because we don't even have a major tournament this summer. I don't know how I feel yeah. about that with it coming in yeah. at Christmas for the World Cup. But um, in terms of what I'm planning, um, 
yeah, the game it ends this week. It's not even really. It's not. I don't even feel like it's <laughs> summer yet. Like I, I haven't know. got my holidays for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm going on holiday in September. I'm going to Albania, so that should be oh, brilliant. That okay. should be pretty nice. Uh, going to a few day festivals, uh, festivals. But yeah, I had the barbecue out in the garden, um, enjoying the sun. Maybe go go for some swims in the open water yeah. reservoir. So yeah, just keeping keeping active and yeah, obviously uh, monitoring all of the transfers and everything that gets made ready for the drafts. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, finally grab that pint as well, right? Um, for sure, but for sure, we'll I, get I th- to something. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we are potentially going to have some off-season pods as well. There's a few ideas that I have. Um, and I, I'm going to take a bit of inspiration from like Planet FPL. Um, they kind of do this thing where um, they talk to fans from all the clubs, you know, and they chat about, you know, not just FPL, but like how the club is going. So we are kind of discussing that. And I guess that's the first time we're going to mention be mentioning it to people. So mm-hmm. what we kind of want to do is maybe um, recruit some of the fans that play fan tracks, right? And maybe take a look at early on season, you know, um, assets that you think, you know, managers should be drafting or consider drafting or where you want to be drafting your assets, that sort of stuff, right? So obviously, Jacob, we come to you for Southampton advice, right? <laughs> so so that's the sort of stuff that we, we think we want to get going. So, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you, you know, support a club in the EPL and you play fan tracks regularly, hit us up, slide into our DMs, let's have a chat, and I think we're going to get something fun going in the off-season. But yeah, other than that, I think enjoy the weather, right? Um, spend time For with sure. family, uh, take that mental break as well. Um, it's been a very rough season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't forget that we did come out of COVID. Um, not everyone has had the same experience, right, um, as we have had, I want to say. Um, so sure. yeah, just tr- try to have fun detox a little bit and then you know come back fresh uh for the next season all right so next question is gonna come from michael at milner m95 and i think this is one of your mates jacob uh curious as to whether people think large leagues such as the community league or the genie league are more competitive than the average home league particularly interested in at 25 j steps which is jacob's handle what was your experience like, Jacob? Yeah, so I think I, I touched on this earlier. So obviously, I think as a lot of people listening to this will know how well I've done in Genie League and Community League. Um, but I think it just goes to show, right? Um, you can you can have good seasons um, for two teams, and you can or you can you can score really well. So, for example, Will in the Community League, he's massively outscored us, but yet I'm one win ahead of him going into the final day of the season. So, in terms of competitiveness, it's tricky. Um, I I wouldn't like to say. Obviously, I think that the Genie League next year, you'd expect that there's going to be a difficulty jump going up from Div 9, which had, I, I wouldn't say that it was just a lot of newbies, but I would say that because I know that they just allocated people into a lot of divisions, I think it had like a couple or two or three divisions expansion this year. So we had a proper mix in that division this year. I think pretty much everyone in my in my home league, and there's some real veterans who have kind of played, I think, four or five seasons, and the, there's always a few people at the top that are absolutely smashing it. Um, 
the community league was really really competitive i was one and six after the first seven games and i've like kind of come through and really had to work my way through um so yeah i think it, it's really always dependent on your individual experience and so much can happen based off the draft based off of how much trading there are there is in your league so in my home league i think sometimes i find compared to the the leagues this year that i've been a part of it's tougher to draw it's tougher to trade with people people really kind of don't want to really don't want to make trades where they come out looking bad and then everyone gets on their back on the whatsapp chat uh, straight away and says <laughs> oh, why have you done that or two weeks down the line they're like ah oh, look at what you did like you've lost your last three game weeks so yeah but if i if i look at um <laughs> Mike's asked me how how I really thought mine did. If I look at where Mike is, so Mike completely outdid me in our uh, home league. Um, so I think he he finished like three wins ahead of me. So he still wasn't at the top of our league, but then he he outplayed me this year. And then if I look at him in Genie League compared to my league, he finished. He's currently sitting sixty fifth overall in the Genie League. So <laughs> I gotta have a little I like that you had back. to throw that out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a yeah, little yeah. nibble back at him. Um but but that just shows, right? So from one in one league, he's he's done better than me. And I think last season he he won our home league as well. And then you go to like a different league, different players, different trading habits and how your draft went. And it's really difficult to kind of turn it around. Um so yeah, I it's tricky. There's never going to be one straight R home leagues are more competitive or less competitive because I know some people in Genie League that I've spoken to or community, they breeze through their home leagues because people really aren't that on it. But our home league that Mike's referring to, people are on it. People are picking up players 30 seconds past lineups and stuff like that. So it's always very tricky. Um, yeah. How about you? Um... I mean, I, I, I left my home league a couple seasons ago, but I was consistently dominating that, I want to say. Um, like, I would either finish, like, uh, first or top top two, top three consistently. I would always fall short in the playoffs, which became, like, yeah. the running joke in our home league as well. They were like, <laughs> oh, like, get to the playoffs. If you, I would, like, always make the finals of the playoffs, but always end up losing. And I think the one season I ended up winning, it was against Ross. But that I, th- I think that's when COVID had first hit. So okay. everyone was like, oh, you know, we're going to like count the season, scrap it. Yeah, exactly. We're going to scrap the season, whatever. We- which is hilarious because now if you look at this season, it was probably more chaotic than Project mm. Restart was, right? Especially with all the double game weeks and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I-, I don't know. I-, I do enjoy the bigger competitive leagues because mm. you don't find any dead teams in that sense it's very easy to find dead teams in your home league right people lose interest and you're just playing with your mates sort of thing right yeah but i don't know what's more important to you money or getting one over over so, your mates right? so, that, so that's the thing uh so our home league doesn't have any cash in it same thing all. with our home league yeah 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 so so yeah you're purely playing for for bragging rights over other people uh, but i think the 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 point is with the cash, and I think we'll get on when we talk about trades at some point as well. The fact that there was no cash involved meant that I was perfectly happy to maybe throw some trades out and take risks in my home league that I definitely wouldn't have done in other leagues. But we'll we'll get around to that because um, yeah. I know there's another question that touches on trades later. 
All right, awesome. So we move on to the next question. Uh, Neeraj Nachnani at Neeraj underscore Nachnani. So this is one of my mates from our home league. Yeah. He's asking, how would you rank these players for upcoming waivers? Rudiger, Laporte, Azpilicueta, or Hakim Ziyech? Okay, so if we take the Chelsea boys to start with, I think I would go Rudiger, Azpi, Ziyech in order. In terms of like waivers, right? I think Ziyech... I just, I don't think I would, if you've got, if you can pull so in Rudiger. I'll give you some waiver, context. Right? Yeah. Okay. I'll give some context. He controls the fab pool. He's got okay. all the money. No one has money. Yeah. So he can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So if all the, all these players are available on the waivers, right? I wouldn't waste my top waiver pick or, or that, or, I mean, if you can bring all of them in and you really don't like your team, then fine. <laughs> bring bring maybe one out of Rudiger and Aspi, bring in Ziek. But I would rate Rudiger above Aspi if we look at what they're what they're doing. I think I'd have more faith that Rudiger's gonna turn up. I think Tuchel said this week that okay, Tony's leaving in the summer, but there's no reason why he won't play the last two games like he deserves to play the last two games. So I don't think we're gonna have any doubts over the fact that Rudiger's going to start in the defence and he's been a really reliable asset all the way through the season. I'd be happy to have him. Asby, I think then, and then I think I'd have Ziek first. Obviously, it's slightly different with control in the waivers, but I think I'd have Ziek third just because you don't know whether he's actually going to start or not. The question then is where you where you put Laporte in versus Villa. And I instinctively, when I first thought about this, I put Laporte kind of after Rudiger and Asby because Chelsea against Watford. And then I looked at Laporte's scores recently, and it surprised, it surprised me. I don't, I, don't, I don't know, because he was a really good asset last season, but I think he kind of dropped off a bit. He made some mistakes this year. Um, but I do think that City are going to, even though I was vouching for Digne earlier, I do think that Laporte and City are going to wipe the floor with Villa. I think that's... really. What, I think that's yeah, my okay, I think that's my gut. I just think they're such a well-oiled machine. So I would I would stick Laporte above the Chelsea boys at this Interesting. stage. Okay. Yeah. I honestly think Villa's gonna score against um City. I think yeah. there's gonna be a little bit of drama. I mean City okay. might still win the title, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if Villa get a goal. Yeah, I just think if you're going into the final day of the season and the title say the title race is still alive, I think you just you want to be at home. You want to be at a team that doesn't have anything to play for. Um, yeah, Watford are terrible, but then you look at them today, and then you look at Jao Pedro and he's performing. So like, I think Chelsea versus Watford could be a bit more of like a random game in terms of what the score ends up in being. Um, so I think, uh, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I think if you really want to play it safe, depending on what your position is in your league, I think Rudiger's really like the safe option. But I think I would go with Laporte this week. Awesome. All right. So next question coming from Robbie P. Um, at a team of Karas. And his question is, I've seen that Jacob has gone heavy on the trades in the community leagues this season. What was your best and worst trade? Also, who do you reckon will finish top in overall four points in the <laughs> International Genie League? So, yeah. why don't you answer the second question? And the second we'll question about the trades a bit. Yeah. Ro- Robbie's going to finish top. 
right? <laughs> well, Mate, so, no, so, it's really so the tight, stat corrections... Actually. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. tight. Um, yeah. I think Robbie, he's been pretty consistent. Um, he's got a 17-point lead going into the final week. Um, he's got Mo Salah. He's got Callum Wilson at Burnley, who, although that would be a tight game, I've heard that he's got Kulisevsky against Norwich. He's got Matip, Trent and Van Dijk. So it's it's a risk. It's a risk. But then up at the top, when you when you look at the teams around the top on the points four, and I've not spent the, too much time looking at everyone else's kind of teams, you do find that then there's more similarities behind those teams that are at the top. So if I look at Sean, who's then second, he's got Alisson in goal. And then he's got Trent. I, I don't know how he's put this team together. Like people moan about my team. He's got Trent, Reese James, and Cancelo. What? <laughs> and Son. And Son. That 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 sounds like a cheat code, mate. Yeah. Um, so it's it's gonna be tight between them. I just think Liverpool against Wolves at home, I think Liverpool will win to nil. And I think that will carry Robbie to the victory. I think at this stage, as much as I would like to talk about myself, I'm fifty points behind Robbie. And I think yeah. In a non-double game week, it's very hard to pick that up. So yeah, Robbie, you've got you've got my shout for the title, even if I pick up the overall standings title. Yeah, I I mean, listen, I think he might have also clinched the title in our DPL Com League because we had a bit of stat corrections, and I'm mm. currently drawing my match, which gives him a four four point clear gap um wow. i moved from third to second yeah so i mean robbie if it stands as it is and you're listening to this congrats mate honestly well deserved you've had a smashing recovery okay so let's uh let's uh tackle that first question then um so what yeah. was your best and worst trades this season then okay so best and worst so i pulled up uh all three leagues and i've taken the download of the trades unfortunately i can't pull this up so you can't have a look yourself so genie league uh, i picked up a couple so right at the start of the season i think at the time this was arguably i went all out to get rafinha but i think given how well rafinha was across the whole of the season this was like a really good trade right at the start so i went um mares suchek and a quarter of my fab budget for for Mino and rafinha which I think on the outset, you look at and you go, mm, is is it is it that good? But then you look at Rafinha and he was like, what? Top six. You look at him top six for most of the season. So that was a that was arguably, I would say, my best one in that league. The other highlight was maybe going Grealish and Norman for Kane and Pulisic uh, in October. And the only reason I would say that wasn't as good as a Rafinha one is that I had to sit on Kane for kind of like, until January like I had to sit until Conte came in and kind of turned it around but yeah in general you could kind of I don't know as I, I'm sure that you were saying the genie league like you kind of scroll through the trades that I made to kind of build the team up and uh they were all pretty solid but I I don't think really I thought maybe there was going to be more that I looked at and I was like oh that's that's ridiculous like I shouldn't have done that or I should have like as in that shouldn't have happened as it um but looking through the rest of them like i don't think really there was any that were really really ridiculous like maybe rashford for regulon but but then regulon got injured so hindsight it depends if yeah. regulon hadn't got injured then 
but I mean, if you if you look at it, well, I mean, if you look at it throughout the entire season, Regarion pr- pr- was pretty much better value than Rashford was. But yeah. I, I think it also you you have to isolate uh, the periods in which you yeah, got so the player, you February, had the player they were playing, right? yeah, yeah, right. And Regarion was smashing it at, at, at that yeah. point, right? I don't think Rashford had done anything throughout the entire season. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, like, if we look at your Sunday league, um, the trades that you made and stuff like that, um, I mean, we could we could run through it really, really quickly if you want. Um, we could start from the yeah. bottom. Um, we'll try uh, and get to the other leagues as well. So we'll, we'll whiz through these ones. So yeah, those the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the first two trades. Then I did a gross. Um, yeah, I did Zaha out for Pascal Gross. So Pascal Gross, from memory, was in a bit of a purple patch then. And as I mentioned earlier, Zaha with Richarlison is just one of those frustrating assets. I think yeah. I think maybe the yeah. week before he put up like nine dispossessions in a game and I just thought, get rid of him for anything you can get. Yeah. Um, yeah. I then bought in... Uh, this one landed. This one landed in my inbox and I remember I just accepted it without any kind of discussion or anything. It was Gross... Pulisic and Bailey for Ronaldo, Duncan, Daka, which, okay, there's a lot of rubbish in there, but you're thinking, well, I'm going to push on Ronaldo, <laughs> so I just accept it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you ended up giving away, right, at one point? Yeah, I got, I gave him away. So that I think that was then in the, he had that spell where he really wasn't performing. Um, and I traded him out for Coutinho, who then, I think I got just in time, he had a couple of really good performances. Obviously, Ronaldo... Recently, he's had that hat trick. And Coutinho really, a lot of the time, hasn't done that much. But I think Ronaldo, at the time, I I would have, I think I had about five forwards. So I just wanted to get, I was happy to get rid of Ronaldo. And I think I sat on that one for a week. I think I might have messaged you about it. And I think about four days later, I accepted it. Um, and then the one at the top is like a nothing trade like I did. Well, I guess we should maybe talk about the, the Rashford the Dakar for Rashford trade followed yeah, by the... that was so weird. Because you mentioned but it I think on the, the only pod. Reason, <laughs> uh, I think I did, but I think the the only reason Oli would have gone through with that was because he had the likes of Kalechi and Jamie and Vardy. So Vardy, he was pretty yeah. much He was pretty much just trying to nail that Leicester forward spot. Right? Yeah. Which, Which I, I get the... I get it no in yeah. hindsight because I mean Rashford did fuck all, right? So But Daka's But Daka didn't really do much either. So Yeah, so I think around because I don't think Daka was was it that Daka wasn't at AFCON. So during that period when Kalechi was at AFCON and Vardy was out injured, Daka was in the team. But I think maybe Oli could have waited on that because there would have always been a point where Daka didn't play and I probably would have just dropped him. Whereas I was happy to give him away from Rashford, who equally doesn't hold value, but he holds name value. And yep. then when I then got an offer, managed to look at Regulon for Rashford about 20 minutes later, I was like, yeah, straight away. Like, I'll go, I'll go for that. Um, so that was Genie League. I think it's interesting because looking at that in isolation, like there's not, it's, it's those two big trades at the start. So getting in Rafinha for Mares and Suchek and getting in Harry Kane for Grealish. You're looking and like that is a big swing because Rafinha and Kane are arguably two top twelve assets, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, community league. I think it was. I I had some. I had quite a few trades here. I would say the big trade that I did here in October. So, 
looking at all of these, I did a lot more trades between August, between the draft and December. And then I didn't do as many trades from January onwards. Um, and I, th I think that would be a general trend. Like don't, you might draft and you might draft players that you don't like, but other players like they, they will have name value. So you look at Mares, like I didn't fancy him. Uh, like having AFCON like further away in the season, but I knew he had big name value. So I was like, right, just get him out for whatever you can, even if you maybe have to pay over the odds because I was gambling on him kind of swinging back. The standout trade for me in the community league was doing Ishmael Asar for um, Bakayo Saka. Um, yeah, that, that turned out like really in October. I did the same exact trade in my DPL yeah. com league. There we go. <laughs> in Oct and I did it in October. So I'm not sure when you did yeah. yours, but but knowing that Saar was going to head out on AFCON at some point. Um, and also, really, you're getting a midfielder in for a forward. You're getting a top six team player, star player in for a bottom three player in a team where they're probably going to sack their manager multiple times. Mate, I, I, I did mine in October as well. Are you sure we there didn't we have go. the same team? <laughs> there we go so great um, managers think alike you know so yeah so genie i didn't really have any dreadful trades the bad trade i had in community was in game week 33 so pretty recently and i traded out broger and cancello so broger's really gone off the boil and i traded can basically it was cancello for reese james which is obscene uh, when you think about it yeah yeah yeah, but yeah. i think that was Coming in, Chelsea had a double game week and I was playing against Will in the cup semi-finals in game week 34-35. And I was just gambling on Reese James playing right wing back. As it turned out, he didn't play right wing back. He played right centre back for one of the two games in that double game week. Um, it didn't pay off, but it also didn't really impact me in the league. So I wouldn't say that's my worst. What people really want to hear about is probably my home league where I was just flinging out dreadful trades all over. Like, I wish you could see this because I've got, I made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven trades in the home league. Jesus. And I have one, two, three, four, I have six of them marked between not good and shocking. <laughs> so, so right at the start of the season, so I made three trades in August. Um, yeah. Some of them not really like oh, I don't know. I traded Raheem Sterling and Ruben Nevers out for Alan and Maximen, which I feel a bit guilty about because that that's that was a, yeah I got some Maximin in um, for Sterling and Nevers, but I feel like I was maybe taking advantage of someone that hadn't played fan tracks before. Yeah, and I have one yeah, year's yeah, experience yeah, yeah. there. Um, yeah. The bad one was. <laughs> you're gonna love this Calvert-Lewin after the first three games of the season was unbelievable I was like ah he's, yeah. he's the best yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I traded him and Varane and Varane I think had just got an assist or something silly yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. it shouldn't have really played in I traded him and Varane in for Alanson Maximin and Regulon oh my god and obviously that the very terrible. next week and the very next week DCL gets injured for the rest of the season. For the and season, he still yeah. he still sits in my team now and it's only this week where I've won my bottom half playoff game where he's put up thirty five points. So yeah. Insane. The other real lowlights were um Harvey Barnes out for Stuart Armstrong in October when Leicester were all over the place. And I was just panicking. Mm. I think I sent out about six Harvey Barnes trades and I was saying, 
I'm gonna do I think it's a, a totty like dropping a bomb in the uh the waiver the waiver pool just dropping Harvey Barnes and as, letting as he likes to it. do from what I hear yeah so <laughs> but then I think I was like ah Stuart Armstrong's coming back he's a bit of a dark horse and um yeah that obviously didn't work out then I did also Raheem Sterling out in December so this was he'd had two good games and obviously then he continued but I traded him out for Callum Wilson who then got injured the next week for the rest of the season basically um and then I also this is and then I also did Bruno Fernandez so I was number one pick in this in my home league as well yeah I did Bruno in December out for Reese James um gambling that Reese James was going to pop 30 points or whatever and then Reese James got injured like two weeks later as well like it was just yeah. maybe like at that point in time Bruno was like put up that two four four five two like yeah. really yeah, terrible yeah, yeah, run yeah. and people were saying like oh is he really like what's going to happen with him and Ronaldo and that was I think Ollie before Ollie got sacked um so I was like just get rid of him Reese James has put up some yeah. ridiculous scores but yeah so there was yeah. a lot of bad luck in that league as well but also I would never, ever, ever have done Bruno for Reese James in the Genie League or Community League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's maybe but, the cash uh, talking. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, if, if Reese is able to play a full season, I think mm. he can sit up there with the likes of TAA and Cancelo. Yeah. Like, total points. So the thinking, yeah. yeah, the thinking's there, right? Yeah. But it just, if you look at it right now, like, I made a lot of bad trades in that league, and that's why I ended up far down after having the first pick in the draft. So yeah, interesting man. You've, yeah. you've made some very interesting moves, like both in our league and leagues outside. Damn. Okay. All right. Well, though now we'll move on to the next question um, okay. from Jagos Benito at Jagos underscore Benito twenty one. So this is Ryan actually from the Banner Boys podcast. Um, so his question is: As some are starting to look ahead to next season. What non-default scoring metrics, if any, do you guys think every league should adopt? Also, any fun ideas for wacky ones? And do you just accept what the commissioner implements or are most of your leagues run as a democracy? So okay. a, a few questions in here. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think we'll, so in our home league, we always say that we're going to have an AGM and we're going to have like a big Zoom call and then at least like, I've only been part of it what last year and this year and last summer I think we just ended up there was a lot of discussions and then we didn't really have it again this season we've got like an <laughs> I like a few ideas of like things that we want to happen and it's just whether we actually do it or not I don't know we generally run with just the default scoring I think there's a few yeah. things that we yeah. want to happen like some people shot things out there like oh you should get some points for like a shot on post which is like uh, it's just I feel like, I, I feel like you should get negative it. points for, for missing the goal, right? <laughs> it's not like that's the thing. It's like well, it doesn't matter. Like it's just it's not going in. So I mean, it might as well yeah. just be off the pitch. I I think in our home league. So I remember before taking a break from that, I had 
wanted to implement like minutes keep track of like changes that we made like issues that we've come across in the past so we don't run into them again that sort of stuff right um we introduced a few extra scoring categories as well um i think we threw in like um fouls suffered fouls committed uh ball recoveries is another big one you know that shows up in like if you play Mm. champions league fantasy that you get rewarded for stuff like that right which i think honestly at least recovered balls should be like a default scoring yeah um it's it's tricky isn't it because i think when we have so many options in fan tracks and i think that's the beauty of fan tracks versus fpl is that you are getting you're getting a more rounded view of all the stats but it is a lot to take in when you first come into the league and it's hard to balance like i think there's obviously an argument about key passes and whether key passes when like a lot of them are kind of passes 30 yards out and someone does a pee roller into the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> towards the keeper pops, has, a, has a pop anywhere yeah. from yeah um yeah I, non-default scoring metrics like i did like i don't know what you thought but i did like how they'd implemented the extra keeper metrics this season i'd be interested to see an analysis of keeper performances on fan tracks last season versus this season um yeah and i know i know that there's been kind of overthinking football maybe and i think a couple of the other people have done have done some analysis on like keepers to try and like work out where more accurately people should be drafting keepers um but then mm. people really high on martinez last season and then obviously this season yeah. he's performed nowhere near drafted as well. him really early and he shot the bed yeah, yeah, yeah. Ram- i mean I, I i would say don't draft keepers if you didn't have to yeah. I think they're a pain in the ass to predict sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can stumble across them, right? Like in my home league, I picked up Jose Sarr at the blue and then he was unbelievable. Amazing. Ramsdale yeah. I picked up in, in one league and he was great. But then yeah. we've also seen Same. that he was actually terrible for the whole second half of the season. I probably should have dropped him eight weeks ago. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you run yeah. your home league as like a democracy like certain things yeah, are voted sure. on it's, like yeah it's all on yeah, votes yeah. we've had some we've had some like suspect stuff um where the people have <laughs> i think where we've had to work out i think the start of this season originally we only ever had stat changes on for like two hours and then at the start of the season i think we all voted to actually just then change it to like 10 hours but we did that four weeks into the season and so we implemented it, but then it did it backdated to the start of the season. All of a sudden, someone had one less win than they had at the start of the season. And he's like, hang on a second. I only, and this was the new guy to fan tracks as well. And he was yeah. like, hang on, yeah. I had one win from my first five games and now I have none. Like what has happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we run it as a democracy, but then it does, I don't know, there's, it, it, it always ends up kind of just over 60, 40 or like 40, 60, one way or the other. So I, I don't know. I think it's better doing it as a democracy. I think people would just moan if the commissioner was just changing things as they fancied. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um. So what we'll do is we'll quickly move on to the next question. Uh. This is coming from Draft Hash at Draft Tash. Uh. So how do you guys manage to have so many teams in different leagues? I joined the community league, tough decision, I'll say, uh, for the first time this season, but always put my home league first on match day pickups. How do you make it work? So 
there, there's some interesting responses I kind of put mm. into our notes um, from the thread. So, like, Robbie P says how he doesn't really always have t- uh, time to check his lineup. So, he kind of just ensures that his bench is stacked with good streaming options yeah. for that week um, just before kickoff times. So, he kind of, I guess, predicts who's going to be there and just stacks his bench um, because he, he has a couple of kids now. So, he's trying not to be too stressed out um, on, like, uh, 3 to 4 p.m. on a Sunday. Um, so... Also from Ryan Barnes um, at CNFC82. I think he's one of the lads from the Draft Society. Um, He thinks that, honestly, uh, you just pick one league um, and you kind of focus on that league. Just prioritize sort of thing, right? Whichever one is more important to you. Uh, You can obviously stay competitive, but like it's going to be a lot tougher to kind of manage that. So just focus on like one gem streamer that you're aiming for and just, just go for that. Um, FPL Hazardous at FPL Hazardous. Um, he finds that, you know, three leagues is his max count or, or maybe four. I think that's kind of where we are at this season, Jacob. Um, but if you're Andres um, at Muses22, <laughs> he does 15 leagues. I, yeah, I think you I might didn't... need you, you might need to talk to someone about that, mate. Um, <laughs> or, you know, Yoda even suggests at Yoda McLego, um, maybe make all your teams look alike so you don't have to stress about you know you concede one yeah. place but you score in another right so yeah what i are mean your thoughts about this i mean yoda has gone heavy man united this year and i think he's bottom in both communities <laughs> i think he's a so i mean yeah you can make your teams look alike potentially that i think that is what a lot of people end up trying to do because they really back certain players uh for me yeah for me i i think as robbie said I don't like to be in a position like obviously if you miss out on the lineups at 2 p.m. You're always going to miss like a Milner. You're always going to miss like a Hudson yeah. Doy if they come in, if they yeah. haven't already been picked yeah. up midweek. But yeah, I'd like to not like I'd like to not be in a position where every week I feel like I need to be checking my phone constantly at 2 p.m., mm. 4 p.m. Yeah. And yeah. I'm guilty of it this year. Like, I think three is definitely the max. So three is what I have this year. And that's why stretching out to four and the perfect 11, that's why that's dropped off because I just can't manage all of them. Um, yeah, I, I think Robbie's tip on just trying to make sure that you've got some solid starters. And I think everyone just needs to realize that you're not always going to get those top streamers. Like for me... In my home league, there is someone who always picks up the top streamer players within 45 seconds of lineups or something stupid. Like, there's always someone, something there. Like, there's always in my community league, like, Will is really on it with lineups usually when he's about. So I think you just have to, you just have to kind of manage that and try and go for that. I think in terms of also some people will try and align their teams as Yoda said for me and I think it's helped me this year there's been some players that I've had that are the same like Jared Bowen um Bakaya Saka I've had for most of the year in both Genie and Community mm. but a lot yeah. of the other players are different like I only had Cancelo in Community I got Rafinha in thing and these top players it's hard to get them from other players so for that I think it's nice because if I have three teams and all of them are divergent, then I'm looking at it and going, well, 
if this team does well in this game, invariably my team in this league is going to suffer from that. Um, mm. So yeah, if like if Vardy scores for Leicester against Burnley, but I have Tarkowski in another league, like for me that was better because I'm not then all banking and like really invested emotionally in like one team doing well. Like I'm then more balanced and thinking, well, whatever happens is going to do well for me somewhere and bad for me in other places. Okay, yeah, never pick yeah. up Norwich assets. Like just don't bother. But um, yeah, yeah, I think three for me is the magic number <laughs> yeah i i would have to agree i i mean i i've been playing i think only two fan tracks leagues this season and it felt like a lot and i i don't know if it is because of like how covid was and how stressful the season was with all the double game weeks postponements all that sort of jazz um i i, I don't know it it's <laughs> I think it depends on what's going on in your life as well, right? If if you have the time um, and you can afford to play 15 leagues like Andres, then go for it. Have fun, right? But if, if you're a person that, you know, you take fan tracks or fantasy in way too seriously, right? And, and you just, um, I don't know, you can't handle that sort of mental fatigue, maybe just... Deal with one, right? Take it chill, take it easy, that sort of thing. And like Ross always says, is just try, try to have fun with it, right? Yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, like, that, I think, yes, like winning championships and banter and all that is important. But I think the beauty of some of these fantasy games that people can overlook is the opportunity to make new friends, you know, expand your own network. Um, you know, the like having this conversation with you jacob i don't think i would have fathomed doing this like at the start of the season sort of thing <laughs> yeah, right sure. um and you you never know who you can meet and that's that's the beauty of it like we talk about even the beauty of football right how beautiful the game can be it's what brings people together at the end of the day right and that's that's what football should really be about right so yeah i don't know just uh, do have a healthy number yeah and <laughs> that's i think what I'm saying. that's the thing i think it's always it's always important to kind of take a step back and think well look at the end of the day okay there might be what what if we're looking at genie league i think a couple of hundred pounds or, or dollars on the line for winning but don't don't think about that like if i me and will have had this chat in the last few weeks going back and forth in our community league and we've gone well at the end of the day, we've both paid in what twenty five pounds or thirty pounds. Yeah. Like, for yeah. me, that and the enjoyment that I've got out of the season, like, I don't care if if on the final day of the season, having a one game win, he beats me, um, and then I I miss out on that. Like, I'm not gonna be bothered about that at all. Yeah. Um, I, I you just have to you just have to think like I'll be more bothered if Southampton get spanked 9-0 let me tell you that for sure <laughs> yeah. like, like it always 100%. like okay okay yeah i had matip i had matip on uh like yesterday for the southampton game and okay yeah matip scored i wasn't jumping up celebrating matip's goal like i was guided yeah. at southampton once again even though the game meant yeah. nothing for southampton like i'm always going to care more about that yeah 100 percent. so yeah yeah, yeah yeah i think it's just important to kind of find that balance and just think look you can't always expect like I'm fully expecting next season to go into it. And I know we've talked about how well I've done this season. Like there's no way that I'm going to do well as well as yeah. I have done. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Crazy. Um, so I, I want to give a quick update um, on our league. So people are still awake at this at this hour. And I, I, listen, if you've reached this far into the podcast, I think we're we're gonna hit around the two hour mark. And yeah, if you're still Robbie, sticking right? through with us, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're still sticking through with us, I appreciate you so much. We appreciate you so much for being here. I, I think you're still gonna enjoy the conversation. But quick update on the league, right? Um, I went from losing, I think, um, by 0.25. The match ended up being drawn 82.25 to 82.25 which gave Robbie the title right the score is updated again I was winning by two points (laughs) which means I can potentially still win the title right and it's updated yet again My, my my lead is now by like I think one point five points. Listen, stop the stop the fucking count. All right, whatever it is, <laughs> fan track, stop, stop it. Right, but listen, now I've got a chance in the title. Good luck. Massive relief, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to finish this wine bottle by the end of the podcast, guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next, next question, though. From Draft Tash at Draft Tash, yet another question. So he's got a bit of a graphic in our questions. Obviously, podcast listeners, you can't see it, so we're gonna try and read it out, right? Um, but his question is, he's got basically he has another question. He's I think he submitted really really late. Um, so he's mm-hmm. asking if any Aston Villa assets are worth it this weekend. He's got Dina, he's got Cash, and he's asking if he would play them, right? So he sent us a picture of his squad, right? Yeah. The league is one, but there's a battle for second slash third and he's playing the second team so he kind of just wants to fuck with shit at this point right (laughs) so we're gonna read out his team at the moment right so in net he's got emmy martinez right in defense he's got the likes of kieran trippier maddie cash luca dean james justin antonio rudiger right um in midfield he's got harvey barnes douglas louise abericha eze um olise from crystal palace and then up front, he's he's spoiled for this options. I want to say, <laughs> right? Anthony Gordon, Mateta, Pedro Neto on his bench is Cristiano Ronaldo, Mo Salah, and Callum Wilson. He's taking the piss, sending us yeah. this bench, right? Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the issue, I think, the issue that Draft Ash has got is that I mean, I imagine it's going to be pretty tricky to trade away any of those forwards because. Look, you're 100 percent going to play Mo Salah at the weekend. Have to, right? Golden Boot yeah. race. You're 100 yeah. percent, I think, going to play Cristiano Ronaldo at the weekend. But uh, then, but then maybe you don't. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Like Callum, right. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson is playing uh, Burnley, right? Callum Wilson is playing Burnley. Yeah. Um, yeah Neto. Yeah. Let Neto. I think you just get rid. No one wants to play Neto against Liverpool. Yeah, I wouldn't, right? Yeah, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Everton have got Arsenal from memory. Um, Yes, yes. And And Everton already safe. I mean, Arsenal, I want to say... Listen, they're going to give it their all, but yeah. fifth fifth place is where I think they're going to stay. And I think Europe, uh, European position is safe for them, right? So mm. it's how much are they really going to push? They're at home. They play yeah. better in front of their fans, I want to say, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I think I would go with, I think, I, would, I don't know. In terms of East, but he's asking about his Villa assets, right? Not his whole lineup. Let's let's try and ignore the forwards. I'm not yeah, going to worry yeah, about yeah. that issue. <laughs> um, but they, currently, if he's looking at the Villa assets worth it this weekend, I'm looking at he's got he's 
tripling up on Villa defense at the moment. No, ludicrous. No, no, no. no. I would like, not do that. Sounds that's the painful. thing. Like Cash, Cash and Digne in isolation, I would maybe consider like if I only had Cash in my squad, I'd maybe consider starting him because he does put up some ghost points. But it'd be very, very borderline. Like I don't think I would really want to. I think I would still want to pick up someone else. Digne puts up more points. Is more creative. Instinctively, yeah. I. I th- I think I would I would only start Luca Digne yeah. out of those three Aston Villa assets, right? Yeah. The same way you kind of alluded to at the start of the podcast. I think if Kieran Trippier starts, I think I might start him versus yeah. Burnley. I think plays I against his old team, might get pieces. some of those ghosties. Yeah, set piece exactly, right? So, um, James James Justin versus I mean, listen Southampton. You guys are a bit on the beach, right? No, <laughs> like nothing to worry about. A bit, a bit, <laughs> a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, James Justin, right. is he going to start? Is he? Not? I think he's probably going to start. So look, it depends whether you go three at the back or four at the back. Because again, I think I would definitely play Rudiger as a consistent asset in that defence. I think I would play Kieran Trippier if he starts, certainly. And I think yeah. I would then play Digne. Would you? It's an interesting one. Would you play? Who would you play over the other, Justin or Digne? Justin or Dinier? I mean, if Justin starts, I think I'll go Justin. Yeah. He's put up good ghost points. Mm. Like, looking at this team, I think my starting lineup would have to be Mo Salah, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm going to have to say, if Callum Wilson gets a start, punt on Callum Wilson. Honestly, okay. last day, you tied up the league. Have a little bit of fun, right? There's that upside versus Burnley. They're going to have to go for it a little bit. Um, and most likely, he might be on penalties if he's if he's on the yeah. pitch. Um, and then in midfield, it's hard to say if Harvey Barnes gets the, gets a start. But I honestly think Crystal Palace are going to have fun versus Manchester United. United yeah. have been absolutely dreadful this think- season. And last game at Selhurst Park is going to be absolutely bouncing and i and i think that also with palace you look at forwards um and midfielders against united and generally they do yeah. quite well yeah um, arguably you could probably start matito over wilson then yeah we and you could start gordon i mean look everton yeah. uh, gordon yeah. takes set pieces for everton um and he has a good ball on him but the, the I've I heard kind of recently in commentary I was listening to the game today mm. I don't think his his corner set piece delivery has kind of dropped off a little bit in terms of quality and he's getting these random substitutions not really starting games here and there so yeah it's true I think, that, that's the only thing I'm worried about but all games kick off at the same time right on Sunday so yeah I mean you've yeah. got that you've yeah, got those yeah. options to make so I Gordon yeah. his free kick directly led I know Richarlison got the assist and then DCL got the goal on that goal not against um what was it the first game of the double game week i can't even remember now uh i think they would have played uh brentford i want to say right yeah it was a brentford game yeah so yeah. that was the one that uh, dcl just got the slight chest on but that was that was gordon's yeah. ball coming in so yeah i think he's got plenty of options up front as a an elise is a nice like one or one or the other is definitely going to start um yeah the i think i would i think i'd be perfectly happy to drop martinez for someone i drop cash for like a punt on waivers um and i'd probably drop douglas louise again like he pops up with decent ghosties but i think 
again, I think I would be tempted to just go for a punt on waivers um, and just kind of bring someone in that might get a start. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, He's I, in a I, nice I think uh, you're starting a. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're starting a back three, right? Yeah, maybe sure. a back four for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I think definitely final day of the season, you get some crazy results. I think generally you don't want to go heavy on defenders. You're not going to be seeing many clean sheets, in my opinion. Okay, brilliant. All right, so let's quickly move on now. Jacob, you're a popular guy. You got <sighs> DM'd some questions, right? So we're going to run through those Yeah, I think now. these, were, these um, were in the community league chat, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we got a question from, I believe, Will himself at yeah. FF or f football 92 right uh yeah. fantasy football 92 great site really check that out yeah. for some free content if you don't already um 100 any idea who um will supports like team wise yeah he's a liverpool fan uh, oh three. man there's so many these days <laughs> I, I don't know if i want to bring another liverpool fan onto my yeah, podcast like yeah. i live with one basically right so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean honestly it- Shout out to up. these guys. <laughs> yeah. Fantasy Football 92. Check check these guys out. Honestly, legit um account, um, legit website. Um go support them, go follow them, go like them if you haven't already. Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I gotta connect with Will. Uh, maybe just chat with him. You know, I'm yeah. curious to commit connect with um some of the community members a bit more next season. So but his question is um would love to know your thoughts on Linvoy Primus, Lamano, Tresser, Lua Lua, and Ben Johnny. Now, what the hell am I reading right now? Jacob? You're reading you're, you're reading some some prime time mid noughties. <laughs> players. I, I I don't know if our listeners are that old. Like maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I when I when Southampton was still in the Premier League, right? When I was really I was only like seven, eight, nine, two thousand three, four, five, so I was a little bit older than I am. Um but we were looking at like uh Carnu up top for Pompey. Mm. Is um, this is this Rob? Not not Robson Kanu. No, no, Nwanku. I think it's Nwanku Kanu. Kanu. Um, okay. Yeah, and he was honestly like a living nightmare for me. But um, I'm not really answering the question. Like these these guys. I mean, Primus, just an annoying bloke. Lawa Lawa is a quality <laughs> player. The, the thing is about Lawa Lawa and Benjani is generally the these guys were playing for Portsmouth when we had got relegated from the Premier League, and as like mm. a young nine year old watching my team get relegated from the the Premier League, um, with the whole nonsense that went down with like Harry Redknapp managing Portsmouth and then coming to Southampton and overseeing us getting relegated and then leaving like. Harry Redknapp is like the, it's basically it's basically like Rafa people. Benitez at Everton, right? Yeah, is it, yeah. Although Everton, he left before Everton went, and luckily Everton have stayed up. Right? It's like Rafa Benitez staying throughout the season and then getting them relegated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, these Benjani and Lawalawa, like, yeah, they're good players. I don't even think Benjani did that much business for. Portsmouth I don't know we got relegated into the championship then we went down to administration I went on a bit of a Premier League strike like I feel my Premier League knowledge of like 2003 to 5 when I first got into like enjoying football like the Invincibles we then played like the FA Cup final and we played Arsenal the following season after the Invincible season and lost to a Robert Perez goal I think in extra time 
Um, and then we got relegated the following season. Um, and I just hated it. I hated it. I was like, ah, I'm just going to watch the Football League show on ITV. Like, I don't want to see, like, Portsmouth playing in the fucking Premier League. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. He's not going to get any critical analysis from me out of those players because... <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what he's expecting. Let's go to let's uh, go to the next we'll, one. We'll, Will's just taking the piss clearly. It's just All pure right, pain. so <laughs> <laughs> we'll go to the next question um, from Sigbjorn. I, I I hope I pronounce your name right. Uh, Sigbjorn uh, five is his Twitter handle. His question is: Where will Ronaldo be drafted next season, provided he remains a Manchester United player? Which I don't think he's going to go to another Prem club. No, obviously, right? I think he says, and I think um, ten. Hogs come out this week and said he's a big, big player. Something like that. He's made some comments about Ronaldo, which he, he is one of be... the goats in yeah. our era, right? for, so... for sure. But I think Ten Hag has made some comments which makes it sound like he's going to be a part of the project next season. Um, mm. I think he'll personally for me. I think he goes. For me, I wouldn't draft him before. I think I was, if I was on the turn at the end of round two. I would draft him. I don't think I would draft him like mid or early round two. I think there's a lot of good Would players. it surprise you, though, if he goes in round one? Yes. Yes, it really? would. Really? You yeah. don't think there's going to be some crazy Manchester <laughs> no, no, United no, no. fan I mean, in your league? No, no, 100%. There'll be some leagues where he, someone drafts him in the first round. 1-1, one, one, even. And, uh, <laughs> definitely not 1-1. One, one. Um, uh, yeah. Surely not. <laughs> No, I mean maybe maybe in a league up in Manchester somewhere he goes one one. <laughs> maybe, um, yeah, yeah. But the greater area of Manchester, if, or whatever if, it is. Called, yeah, personally, right, if so. I see you draft him in the first league, I'm I'm then instantly targeting your second, third, and fourth players, and I'm just gonna be going. Yeah, I, I yeah. This guy was is potentially gonna be someone that I'm gonna get some good trades out of because I don't know why you're drafting Ronaldo in the first league. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm gonna draft him. I'm gonna just pick someone else. There's yeah. gonna be some other better value. I'm just gonna avoid and yeah. hopefully get a better For player. Sure. Like, it, it, okay, like if I have to throw a few names out there, James Madison or Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, Madison. Um, Andy Robertson or Ronaldo. Robertson, because yeah, this links into me talking about Man City earlier and my thoughts on rotation players, right? I think Ronaldo yeah. getting another year older, he's not going to start 38 games. Andy Robertson yeah. is not going to start yeah. 38 games, probably with a bit of rotation, but yeah, he's a really, really reliable asset. So I think you go with Robbo, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, he's one of those players that I just not willing to take that risk on. Like, okay, fine. If I'm, mid to late round three maybe and for some reason he's sat there and yeah. everyone in my league yeah. is avoiding him yeah. then i might draft yeah. him but then i'd probably look to trade him before the season started yeah or yeah. after two games Ma yeah maybe he starts the first few games get a cup gets a couple of goals you trade him high yeah right Okay, brilliant. So the next question is from Danny Noel at Danny Noel. Yeah. Easy name, easy handle. <laughs> Will you be trying to utilize the Ted Lasso tactic of acquiring everyone's fab next season? Yeah, like, this seems like a totty-like strategy. Yeah. So Danny, um, all of a sudden, I think I can't remember exactly when it was, January, February. Suddenly, you look at the team finances, and Danny's got all the fab in the league. 
and i think he had he had something and it wasn't even like he had 80 fab and no one had nothing like no one had anything else left like he had over 200 fab or something ridiculous um it's it's a weird tactic like i don't know how that happened like i contributed to it because i traded him 40 of my fab at the start of the season but i i i'm trying to take myself out of responsibility for it because i went quite early i think if i'd seen that if i was one of the last people and i saw that no one else had any fab and i was the last person to do it i would have really 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 milked him for that trade and that was i think what he did was so good in our league is that he didn't have to get rid of his very best players like it's not like he had 220 oh, wow. okay, fab okay. yeah and he'd yeah. given up all of his uh all of his top like his top premium players he'd managed yeah. to get all yeah, of yeah, it yeah. and still keep like the very best of his squad um interesting i just think it's really it's too hard to pull off in my opinion like he's pulled it off and it's been publicized in our community league this season i just think definitely me being in you'd never be able to do it in my home league you i don't think you would ever be able to do it in the top division in genie league because i just think people are going to be too on it with looking at the, like the situation with trades and stuff i'd love to be able to do it because i think it's really entertaining every week just being able to drop like bukayo saka for a week and just go yeah i'll just pick him up on tuesday waivers again like <laughs> it's it's yeah unbelievable it's it's crazy honest honestly and you know why i don't think it's a terrible strategy is because if you look at the i mean listen if you're a a fucking draft fan track squad yeah. and you're able to predict who does well every game week chances are if you can tight like pick make the picks perfect picks yeah there are free agents or waiver picks that if you combine a best 11 could probably outscore your own 11 yeah some for sure weeks. for sure um it does leave you in some tricky situations um because i think sometimes he if he's dropped saka one week he has to pick up saka the next week for example yeah. um yeah and I think you have to be careful with it because I think people would maybe start asking questions if you pick someone up on a Tuesday waiver and just drop them again on a Thursday waiver and then just constantly like we're dropping and picking people just so no one else could have them. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's done really well. And I think he is now sixth or seventh on points for in the community league. And he's only fourth or fifth in our division. So it's paid off for him wow. in terms of points for. Yeah. But he, again, it's one of those ones where he's just got unlucky with fixtures. So um, I'd love to try and utilize it, but I just don't think I would ever have the bottle to fully go for it because I don't, I think it's so hard to pull off, but fair play to him. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. Um, all right. So the next question is from Fantrax Fox at Fantrax Fox. This, this guy seems like a, a real, um, I feel like I would love to grab a beer with him. Like, some some of his tweets, I'm just I crack up at them, honestly. Um, his question is though, where does Ericsson go if he stays at Brentford? Where does Ericsson... for, for me, I, I I know I know I want to give you the chance to answer, but I'm go gonna on, go, go on, real quick go. on this. You go. Honestly, early round two for me. Early round. Based two. on the wow. form that he's sh- based on the form that he's shown, I think I think honestly, if he if he maintains the form that he put up this season. When he came in, he is rivaling the likes of James Ward-Prowse. I, I know this is a big, bold yeah, claim. Yeah, but no fair. Right? I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna 
temper that a little bit i think i would go a little bit deeper because i think with a lot of teams brentford look really impressive this year about how impressive the Leeds look last year fair great point yeah yeah so yeah i think se- like second season syndrome is very much a thing to challenge your statement bamford not having bamford for this entire season yeah. i want to see there's a lot of circumstances that. that have crippled Leeds, yeah. right um they've never had center backs fit really they haven't had center backs fit last season either so yeah I, early it's just early second round i, I think mean the, okay, the reason the reason i say early second round is like 12 people league midfielders are rare true i feel like people are gonna go earlier think, on james world pros haven't seen how proven he is now i think right? people yeah i think people will go for him uh early and i think probably that is where he will go i think he's i would just maybe let Wait him. a bit. Like yeah, that's a <laughs> that's the thing. The way I like to think about draft picks is that if I see them come up in the draft, like if I see him come up, like say I'm tenth pick first round, so I'm second pick second round, and I see him sit there, I think I'd be able to let him go past. If I'm sitting at like third pick first round, tenth pick second round, I th- I think if I saw him there, I'm not sure I could let him go any further. Like, I think up around the turn, I think there's a lot of players next season that are very, very similar. So you've got, like, Madison, you've got Kulisevsky, who probably sits up there. You've got Bowen, Saka. Like, Saka went, like, third round in some drafts, like, this year, most yeah. drafts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which almost feels like a steal, though, right? Given yeah. his finish at the end of the season. So I think, uh, and this leads on to the next one, right? So you're, you're the same curious about Kulu. Very, Kulisevsky, yeah. very, very similar. And you've got the risk of you've got the risk of some rotation, but I think look, Conte's showing that clearly Kulisevsky is a favourite of his. Son's not yeah. moving, Kane's not moving. Kulisevsky's yeah. gonna be first choice. Yeah. And I generally would lean towards the bigger teams if I know that a player's gonna start. And is going to play like, obviously we've got five subs, but Ericsson is a little bit older. Okay, Kulisevsky, but Lucas hasn't really played that many minutes, like coming on for Kulisevsky. So I think I would be more tempted to draft Kulisevsky early second round around the like Saka and, and other people than Ericsson. I'd so, let him drift. So you're going to go Kulusevsky before Ericsson, really? I think Even I would... Ericsson's ma- on I think all I the set maybe, pieces. I think I would maybe go... Ghosties machine. Yeah, I think I'd maybe go Kulusevsky over Ericsson. I know he's dropped off a little bit recently, but I think if he embeds and has a full preseason, I know Ericsson has a full preseason as well, but I think what Ericsson provides is going to be the same every time. Like, we know what he can provide. I think... Like, Ericsson is going to do the same job in the Brentford team next season. Kulisevsky is in the same role, but a full preseason, I think, will benefit Kulisevsky more. That's just What about opinion. rotation? Rotation. Rotation. Yeah. I'm sure Kulisevsky is going to see more rotation than the likes of Saka and Ericsson. Yeah, probably, because Brentford aren't going to bring in any player that can run <laughs> Ericsson. <laughs> It's, it's it's tricky, but I I think both of them are going to be going around early to mid second round. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be personal preference at the yeah. end of the day, right? Okay, 
All right. So that is all the questions. Finally, good God. Um, <laughs> listen, I think we're nearly three a.m., but hopefully the podcast isn't this long. I think we're gonna have to split it into two for the first time ever. We um, might have to, yeah. So, once we once yeah. we cut it down, let's see what we end up as a running team. Yeah, let's we'll cut it. Let's see. So <laughs> let's now move into our final segment: the FA slash waiver picks. <laughs> So for this segment, what we typically do is we suggest picks that are under 50% owned because we think you have an easier chance to grab them. And I'm definitely going to focus on this segment, given the current standings in our league, because I need to make a massive win in my <laughs> final game week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest some picks for you, Jacob. Um, let me know your thoughts. Maybe there's ones that I haven't mentioned or even the ones that I mentioned. If you think they're a bad idea, let us know, critique them. All right. And we have some fun. For sure. Let's go. So first game or, you know what, I, I say first game, but all the games are at the same time. So we're <laughs> just going to do it in the order that I, I kind of listed them out in our sheet. So first game up, Arsenal versus Everton. I don't think there are any players under 50% owned from either one of these teams. Arsenal have bottled the Champions League. Everton is safe in the Prem. I don't think this is going to be a, a game you really want to target. No, and I think if we look at who's under 50% owned in each team, Arsenal, there's not really there's not really anyone. Like, what, maybe, maybe Nicola Pepe, if he pops up, but I wouldn't waver him. Like, I would only yeah, pick him up. Yeah, This I think this is why waiver picks this week is going to be really difficult, because you can yeah. make all the waiver picks you want, but really everyone's going to have to be sat there and it's going to be yeah. absolute carnage at one o'clock <laughs> yeah. on, or three yeah. o'clock even. It's one o'clock. Oh, three yeah, o'clock, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's four o'clock yeah. kickoffs. I wasn't sure if it was two or four, yeah. but I think it's four o'clock. So yeah. at three o'clock, it's, it's going to be yeah, yeah. absolute carnage. People yeah. just trying to pick up whoever gets like name. Like you, you might find yourself picking up someone who's like 0% owned making his debut up front. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Arsenal, no one, Everton again, I think pretty much Everton will play the same team that they've been playing recently. Like, I can't see them making changes just because they're safe. Like, I think, mm, yeah, like what? Like, I mean, if I, have a, if, if I have to back a team for a result, I think Arsenal win, right? Really? I think I'd back, Yeah, I just think, I think, I think like I'd saving Everton. face a little bit. I go like after bottling the Champions League, you 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 want to save face a little bit, no? Yeah, you do in front of your home fans. Yeah, I think they want to, but I think Everton are sky high. They'll have an away end that is absolutely rocking, and play with nothing to lose. Exactly, and I think they'll be fine. I yeah, don't think they'll. Fair. I th I don't think it's going to be one of those ones where it's petered out. I think they're really just coming through strong, especially after coming down from. You know, Everton players like. What Seamus Coleman is under fifty percent, but I think in most yeah. active leagues, people are going to have him. So yeah, no, yeah. Okay. no for... real picks there, apart from maybe yeah. maybe Nicola Pepe on lineups. <laughs> okay, <laughs> next one then, Brentford versus Leeds. Um, so a couple assets from Brentford. Uh, David Raya, thirty-five percent owned. Honestly, since he's come back from his injury. He's been putting up ridiculous amount of points. Honestly, I didn't check it. I really should. I wouldn't surprise me if he's a top-scoring goalkeeper since his return from injury. Um, 
Ayer or Ajer, 15% owned. Um, he's a, a defender with a th attacking threat, right? Not only from set pieces, he does like to get forward every now and then. Yeah. And Leeds aren't really keeping clean sheets at the moment, right? So no. it's it's with a punt in front of home fans' last home game of the season. And then from Leeds, the only player I want to suggest is Geldhardt, 4% owned. And that's because Daniel James is a fucking idiot for tackling players like that so yeah um it's it's interesting so i uh, i uh, i didn't realize like he's a center back by trade but he's playing right back for brentford at the moment he's like right six... center back something like that no he's, yeah. he's literally just playing out on the right it's mad like he's oh really yeah, he's been playing thought, right back but don't them. they typically don't they typically roll out a back three? they've been no they've been playing Recently, they've basically well back four recently. Yeah, yeah they yeah, ba yeah, yeah. they basically been playing Pontus Janssen, um, and then I think it's Bex at the back or Beck. Yeah, Sorensen or Mads Ramson, Ramson or something like that. Yeah, it's um, one of those guys. Someone and, that isn't Pinnock, basically. <laughs> yeah, because Pinnock's out. Um, but Ayer's basically playing down the right wing. Um, and he's really really good on the ball. Like he scored a goal against and Southampton. He scored a goal against <laughs> like against us, um, where he dribbled past, like stepped past two players basically, and then slotted it through Fraser yep. Foster's legs. So yeah, he's yep. he's a decent player. Leeds really, really need a result, right? They're going to be going all out for the win. Um, I think I think we're going to see goals in this game. I don't know. Is I think if is Pinnock out still? Um. Yeah, uh, I, touch think and go, Frank, I think I'm not I sure. think I think looking yeah. at fan tracks now, Thomas Frank has said Pinnock's out according to the notifications. Okay. On yeah. That. He he's got the broken red flag as Ross yeah. likes to always yeah. reference to. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> again, I yeah, maybe David Rea. I think I'd be a little bit scared of putting any Brentford defenders in apart from Rea because I think Leeds are gonna be going full on attack. Gelhart. I love great player. Yeah. Great yeah. player, really talented. Yeah. Do you see his assist for the straight goal? Insane. Brilliant. The way he just yeah. flicked that over. It's it's just it is that kind of innocence of youth, isn't it? It's almost like when Rashford broke through and you just think, yeah, maybe older players would be a little bit more fearful of trying something on like that. And they yeah. wouldn't just try yeah. and flick it over. They'd just try and play the safe option. Um yeah, yeah. I think Gelhart is the shout. If you're really if you're struggling for a striker but maybe we'll get onto some other strikers later on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any any others you think we missed out on, or we, we good? No. In terms of in terms of Leeds, I think the main guys up front, like I again, like if it gets to the second half and Leeds are nil nil, or even worse, losing, they're going to be an all out. Mm. So you don't. I I wouldn't touch their defenders. Um, okay. Brilliant. All right, next game, Brighton versus West Ham. So a few players from Brighton. Uh, McAllister, 34% owned. Bissouma, 33% owned. Welbeck, 27% owned. I think in order, I would probably go Welbeck, McAllister, Bissouma. Um, yeah. Welbeck just has come back from injury like a player reborn. Looks absolutely on it. Um, I'm not sure if I trust that West Ham defense completely, right? Um I, I, I honestly like Europe is pretty much safe for them. Um, I I think this game is gonna have a, a few goals in it as well. Um, but I think West Ham, who I'm gonna suggest is Fabianski, forty four percent own, and Lanzini, thirty four percent own. Like I know I said this game is gonna have goals, but Brighton have also like 
struggle yeah. to score at home sometimes, right? I think they went, what was it, three, four games without a goal or so- something ridiculous. Mm. They went on a stretch. Um, Lanzini, 24% on because he's a fucking baller and he's on penalties, right? And so th- it, I think it's worth a gamble. Yeah, and I, I think with Lanzini and, and players like that, you really have to consider that it's game week 38, right? So for my waivers, I am perfectly happy to drop Coutinho. Like I, Ooh. like I, like Coutinho for Villa against City, like players like that. If you've got a really bad fixture, like I really, really don't care about keeping them at this stage. Like there are players that even on lineups that I would happily pick up if I pick up a waiver pick and they don't start the game. So there's, I think the beauty of game week 38 is you're able to put out a lot more waiver picks and just go. I don't care if this person hits the waivers. Like I, I it really doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I, I, Lanzini is always a surefire pickup if he plays. Generally, if he plays in a lineup, someone will always pick him up. It doesn't matter what league you're in. Um, I agree with you on Brighton. Uh, Welbeck, I picked up in the community league, and he's done me really, really well over the last three weeks. Um, he's been in good form, and generally, he always. He he is a good goal scorer. Like you forget how well he played um, when he was fit, when he was playing regularly as an inter- England international. Um, yeah, yeah. McAllister fits and starts this season, but if you can grab him, I think again he's a good he's a good option in a game that yeah. That all these games are unpredictable. Final game of the season, man. They, <laughs> they really are. It could be a nil-nil. Final it could day be of a the season. Five-three. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Final day of the season. There's always going to be goals as well. Goals galore. Yeah. Right. You have to. You have to just enjoy yeah. the football. Is all that's I'm going to say. If you yeah, can. that's the thing. Next game. Um. Next game. Burnley versus Newcastle. So, Burnley couple players here and. It's because Newcastle's away, usually I trust their home form more than their away form. Yeah. And Burnley, listen, fighting to stay in the Premier League, right? So I'm going to suggest the likes of Ashley Barnes, 5%. He has penalties if he starts. Yeah. We saw he got the second highest aerials this game week as well. Yeah. Um, Horst, if he starts 48% own, I would say maybe punt on him. They need some goals, right? So why yeah. not start him? I know he has been coming off the bench for the last two games, so it might be a bit, bit of a risk wavering him in. Maybe consider as a free agent initially. Um, and then Charlie Taylor, 45% owned. If you think Burnley can keep a clean sheet against Newcastle, then go for it. Like, even when Charlie Taylor hasn't kept the clean sheet, I think he got around six points or he's, so um, mm. while conceding. So, he's decent always on the ghosties, a good shot. right? Yeah, he's always good on the yeah. ghosties, Charlie Taylor. Um, yeah. And he always goes on the radar. Yeah. He has these kind of runs. 100%. He has these runs yeah. during season where he'll have kind of nine to nine to 11 points um on yep. like a run of three games and then they'll get a clean sheet and all of a sudden Charlie Taylor put up like 18 points it's ridiculous so um <laughs> um yeah I'm, I'm with you on that um yeah I'd go with Dubravka we discussed Dan Byrne earlier for Newcastle yeah yeah look yeah Dubravka the, 15% own Byrne 42% if owned. They're, if yeah. they're playing Bernie are playing for the win and Bernie are going to be putting balls into the box. So you're going to imagine that. Um, Big Newcastle, man, Dan Byrne. Yeah. And Dan yeah. Byrne, he's been really, really reliable. I'd be surprised if he's available in a lot of active leagues, even though he's 42%. Um, the only other player that I would potentially shout for Bernie would be Connor Roberts. 
if he starts. Now he yeah, doesn't not bad. Yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah. he doesn't always put up great points. And but he has shown in a few games this year, and I think in a game where Bernie are likely to be attacking, they are gonna rely He's got that attacking on, prowess. Yeah, they yeah. are gonna be relying on Connor Roberts to hit the line going forwards. Um Bernie yeah, and are definitely last, gonna come and last attack. two games last two games they played back five, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So if they are gonna be attacking, he's gonna be an attacking wing back, right? So he has the opportunity to get forward yeah. just a bit more, I wanna say. Yeah, it's not I I mean, look, I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he's he's shown sparks and then recently when they've they've I think they've tried to keep it tight recently and they've had Spurs yeah. and that was like a tight loss, but they I think they knew going into Spurs that they really had to keep things tight and try and grind out a draw at best because if they went out and attacked Spurs Son, Kane, Lucas Moura or Kulisevsky on attack, they're always going to punish you. So you can't really look at that game as like a true indicator of kind of the points he can put up. So he he would maybe be my other wildcard shout. Um, but we're talking about what, yeah. playing three defenders. So again, remember, yeah. if everyone's playing three defenders and everyone's just dropping whoever, then... yeah. Are you really going to find yourself in a position where you're going to rely on Conor Roberts? Maybe not. But I mean, you talk about that high line, right? Callum yeah. Wilson with the most offsides this game week as well. So maybe Callum has some joy. You never know. Maybe, maybe. And th this is the thing, right? Bernie chasing the game 75 minutes plus, and all of a sudden Newcastle put past three goals, same as Brentford put past three goals in the last 15 minutes if they're really going for it. So, um, yeah, it's is tough to predict um yeah all right let's move on to the next game though uh chelsea versus watford only asset i can suggest from chelsea and again i think this is very lineup dependent is chalaba 38 percent own depends on how he's classified in your leagues as well mm. in mine he's a midfielder so maybe a little tricky because i would rather him be a defender for this game um, though he likes a pop at goal, so he, he might score against Watford. And the only players I can suggest from Watford are Pedro at 20% owned and Sema at 1% owned. Like, I know it's Watford, but we refuse to keep clean sheets these days. So True. maybe Watford, just nothing to lose, have fun, last day, just go out and attack. Yeah, oh, I think I just, I just can't see myself choosing to put a Watford player in my lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I just don't see it happening. Um yeah. I think yeah, Jao Pedro maybe, maybe. I think if it's one of those ones, if I had Jao Pedro in my team, I'm trying to think from like the perspective of like someone who already had Jao Pedro this week and he's just part of twenty two point five. You'd maybe want to pick him, but I think if I was looking at him on waivers and I'm looking at a team and I've already got like the likes of Callum Wilson, would I would I back Jao Pedro to score any more than I'd back as we'll get onto next, like Mateta or Weghorst? Like would I back him against Chelsea away against like one of these other lesser strikers also at a similar level to Watford who have something to play for at home? I don't think I would. I think I'd be more likely to go for like Ashley Barnes, Weghorst, Mateta at Palace. Palace yeah. don't have anything yeah. to play for, but it's United. Like they're a shambles. <laughs> so yeah, Palace United, Mateta, yeah. I think is the one. Love it. <laughs> Love it. 
All right. Let's, uh, I mean, so we're going to move on to the next game, which is yeah. Palace versus Manchester United. And we we did talk about Mateta to pick him, but what about Edward at 41% owned? Or what about Butland at 18% owned? He got the two games in the double game week. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, U- United, if they're going to do anything, the only person I'm going to look at is uh, Alex Sellers at 45% owned. Yeah, Butland. Uh, I don't know. I I fancy this game for goals. I want. I fancy all of them for goals. I want to see goals in all the <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. but Palace United. I mean, after seeing Palace Everton tonight, obviously Everton had a lot to play for, which is why they came back so strong. But I just, do oh, United go out as a damp squib? I don't know. Palace don't concede many goals, but. I, I, I don't know. I just think a damp squib so, <laughs> was that your reference just a now? Damp, yeah, a damp squib, squib. So what's a damp squid for for people? That, is that a, a British reference? Yeah, damp, like, just it just goes out in a. It's a squib, not a a squid. A squib. Oh, yeah, okay, damp okay. Squib. I was like, a damp squid sounds a I bit redundant, right? I don't even know what a <laughs> a squib is versus a squid, but it's just a saying. Yeah, it just kind of you know something just kind of. It's just, it's just a bit like, nothing. Like, like a, a shitty, like a shitty firework. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it just like kind of pops, <laughs> and then there's just nothing there. It's just like a couple of sparks. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. a bit of a letdown. Do United go out of that? Maybe. I mean, no one wants to play for Ranić. Uh, yeah. So yeah, maybe. But then, in that sense, <laughs> I see it as either United and Palace just having an end-to-end nonsense game. Butland doesn't score many points, or United don't do anything, and then Butland hasn't hasn't much to do. So yeah, that's, yeah. I think I think Mateta I think Mateta is more likely to start than Edouard. I think based on yeah. recent value. So I would I would yeah. be tempted by Mateta. You've you've got Tellez right as a United that you you said Tellez your only corners. Yeah, goes 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 points maybe. Right, I mean, it, it's it's like starting Tellers with, I mean, I don't know if this is comparable, but let's say Tellers versus Crystal Palace versus Dinia versus Man City. It's much. <laughs> it's... I'm giving you some work tonight, yeah, Jacob. You are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's much of the same. It's much of the. I I don't know. I think I would. I think I. I don't know what I would go for there. I don't know why. I, yeah. I would try and avoid having. <laughs> try and avoid. Like I <laughs> yeah. can't think of the last time that I really seriously rostered like a United player in community or genie league. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, honestly, I'd avoid United yeah. at all costs. I think this game. Makes, I think yeah. they're just too too likely to just do nothing and just be disappointed. In Manchester United. Sorry to any yeah. United fans yeah. out it, there. It, 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 uh, not sorry. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't have any in my podcast, anyways. Um, listen, the way I look at Manchester United is, um, they're pretty much all fart no poo. That that's pretty much been the this the yeah. story of their season. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So let's move on to the next game. Your teams in this one: Leicester versus Southampton. So <sighs> loud sigh, loud sigh. <laughs> but listen. The the Leicester assets I'm gonna suggest for Fauna forty seven percent owned, Justin forty six percent owned, Evans twenty two percent owned. I know I'm suggesting all defenders. 
And that's because I, I'm not sure who's going to get the goals for you guys right now. No, um, I doubt. Other than a, a James Ward Pro screamer, right? Yeah. But listen, Redmond, 32% owned. He did score so, a screamer versus Yeah, Liverpool. I think Redmond would be the, the pickup. And he looked good against Liverpool. He was yeah. our standout player. Yeah. Obviously, he got yeah. the goal. But I think across the game, he, he was the guy that was looking to really do anything. Um. I wouldn't pick up any of our defenders. I wouldn't pick up our keeper. Lianco at 1% owned. No. He got six points in that 2-1 two, no. two loss. No. Really? Are you telling me that in game week 38, with three defenders in your squad, you're really going to consider picking up Lianco in your team with the amount of defenders that are available across the league? Looking at, Southampton's, got... looking if... at Southampton's results <laughs> across the last six weeks. I I know this is such a bullshit answer, but if I've got the league title sealed up and everything else sealed up for the shits and giggles, why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah, but that's I feel that's not really good advice to anyone, is it? That's advice to someone that yeah. really has nothing to do. Like you, you might as well just go for a full team. Of oh, so so Jacob, can you play Southampton defenders then? Since you've I'm got still playing, I'm still playing. I'm still playing for stuff in all of the leagues. Um, I'd love to look. If you'd given me James Will Prowse, I could have started building a full Southampton team, but here we are. Um, uh, you listen, we're not we're not allowed trades past thirty five. Yeah, I would have given him to you at this point. You know, I've got nothing to play for. It's so. a shame. Um, yeah. yeah, so Leicester assets, I'd just go all in. <laughs> <laughs> just go, everyone, just go all in on the Leicester assets, and maybe after me giving this public advice out, maybe Southampton will put in a performance, but. Um, yeah, no, we maybe. haven't even sold out the away end. I think that says it all about our season, really. We've not Jeez. sold out the away end for the end of the season. Like, if you look at the yeah. round of uh, the lap of appreciation that the players did, there was probably about 5,000 fans left in the stadium. Oh, so it's really, really petered out this year. And I think we just need some investment. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I would back Leicester defenders. Bro just left off the ball. Che Adams is mysteriously out of the team. Um, who else have we got? like uh shane long listen adam armstrong like we yeah he came in i i I think since the start of the calendar year or whatever yeah i think ivan tony was leading goal scorer Uh, salah was in that mix but so was adam armstrong what's really happened to this guy he came in with such a big hype around him but then so yeah so he almost went invisible he'd scored he'd scored so much in the championship last year but i think it's ultimately if you look at che adams and i think it took him a real season where he didn't score up until he had that what forty-yard goal against Man City uh, when he mm, went over yeah, Edison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one-nil um, win, right? For years. Yeah, but um, Adam Armstrong was really putting up. Um, I think he had the most shots. I think that was it. I think he had like the most shots run up to Christmas or like in the first eight games where he was taking loads and loads of shots, but it, they were all really, really low percentage chances. Um, it's strange. Some Southampton fans are saying he's been treated really badly. I don't really buy into that. I think it's almost just a situation where he's not had any confidence. He just needs to kind of reset for next season. I think we will see him again. But yeah, it is a bizarre one when you're seeing Shane Long come on or start and you're going, well, Shane Long surely is going to get released at the end of the season. He's out of contract. I worry that we give him another contract. I worry. Uh, Surely I know, not. Man. He's a bit of a legend. He's like... 35. He needs to go. <laughs> Let him play for like a championship club and score a few goals and then retire. Um, so oh. yeah, any lesser assets you can get, claim them. I think Fafana good ghosties. Justin, again, could get some joy. So yeah, we played Salisu at left back um, 
against Liverpool as well because we didn't have any left backs because Perro is out for he, six he weeks. He has been amazing this season, though. Like, I well, mean, he had that we, really we, good we, spell. He had a really yeah. good spell. We, we were talking about him at that point yeah. as well. Yeah. He, yeah, he yeah. had that performance against Man City, I think it was, and he looked like he could play for a top European team. He got injured, I think, around February. He was out for a few weeks. And since he's come back, he's not looked the same player. He's been really out of the groove. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, he's got that. I think if he continued at that performance level for the rest of the season, I think we would maybe be looking at a summer transfer for him. I think as how he's played in the last 10 to 12 games of the season, no way will he get a transfer this season. I think we'll see him at Southampton next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a move to a kind of top six club or somewhere else in Europe at the end of next year. Um, and he might actually play for Ghana. I've heard some rumours. He oh, wow. Play okay. for Ghana because he's been turning them down previously. So um, okay. he might turn up and pop up at the World Cup. So keep your eye out. All right. So we'll move on to the next game, Liverpool versus Wolves. So the reason I'm going to suggest these mm. bunch of players from Liverpool is because I think maybe they can afford to rotate a little bit because I think they will prioritize Champions League football mm -hmm. a little bit. But that being said, they still have a chance. If Stevie G pulls it off for them, they can still win yeah. the title. But I don't know how likely it is. Elliot, 14% owned. Jones, 14% owned. Minamino, 10% owned. But the one I would probably go for is James Miller, 9% owned. With, I think, Fabinho still being out. And I don't yeah. think they'd rush him back for this game. Yeah. Right? So, Wolves, I don't know if I, I would pick up either one of these players. But I'm going to suggest them. Uh, Totti, 2% owned. He's mm. a defender. Uh, I'd avoid. But... The reason I suggested him is because he put up eight points or something like that. But yeah. again, it was Norwich, right? It was Norwich. <laughs> and Chiquinho, 5% owned. He's kind of popped up as this player all of a sudden. I believe he's a forward in the game. But you know what? I think you would agree with me. Avoid the Wolves assets for this game. Let's talk about the Liverpool ones. Yeah, Wolves definitely avoid. I think I mentioned maybe two hours ago um, that the Liverpool are going to win to nil. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my betting my betting piece for this game. Um yeah. I think out of any of those you go for Milner. I don't I do think that Liverpool will go full strength this weekend. I don't think I don't think Jürgen's yeah. going to look at it and say, "Oh, what if someone gets injured or whatever?" I think you just got to go full strength and you can't risk. I think the only reason he rotated was because of the pure minutes that they played in the FA Cup final. And the fact that we're so terrible. Um, <laughs> I mean, the the final is on the 28th of May, right? So they've yeah. got like six days of rest. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think there's any reason in terms of fatigue or rest to not play your full strength team. Trent, Robbo, Van Dijk have all not played. I guess the only thing to maybe counter that is, do you maybe look at someone like Harvey Elliott because you think, ah, no, because if Salah doesn't play, you're looking at what Firmino Jota, or well, you still got Firmino Jota, Mane, Diaz. Like, I think three of those four will definitely start if Salah's still yeah. out. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Agreed. the only person you would consider picking up is, is Milner. Um, yeah. I think the other ones won't necessarily be picked up. And if you, if they happen to be in the lineup again, look at three o'clock on Sunday. Unless, unless you've got the benefit, though, you can gamble. 
this you can line up your first 11 and you've still got 16 spots so you don't need to plan for future game weeks so maybe you can pick up harvey elliott and have him sat on your bench just on the off chance for this week because you don't need the future plan yeah agreed all right so next game man city versus aston villa i couldn't pick anyone on the 50 owned <laughs> There's no one for honestly. There's no one like for City, City. Th th there's no one available, and Villa pretty much have a fixed lineup. Like, I I don't think you can get anyone honestly. No, I think it, that you're looking at there's people between. No, there's no one. Nakamba's out. <laughs> no Bailey's one. out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I know we look at under fifty percent. Maybe you would maybe look at someone like. Ings if someone had dropped him and there's potential for him. I know he's above 50%, but that's the only thing that you maybe look at. But again, you can find better strikers than someone playing against yeah. Man City. So, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next one. Final one. Yeah. Final one. Let's go. Norwich versus Spurs. <laughs> um, again, Norwich, just avoid the fucking pain. Trust me, speaking from experience, just don't don't even bother, mm. right? Um, Spurs, though, basically, I think they, they will want to win this game, right? Yeah. Champions League football, nail it, nail in the coffin sort of thing. So, Sanchez, 32% owned, Sessignon, 18% owned, and Bentoncourt, 27% owned. Yeah. Sanchez, I think Spurs can keep that clean sheet. Uh, Sessignon, I believe, is he a defender? I, I, I think remember. he's a midfielder in most leagues. He's still getting points, though. He is. He is. Um, because he's, he's like I know we don't play Regulon. FPL, but yeah. I think he got like two bonus points or something. Yeah, like that. He's, so playing, he's... he's playing in that Regulon kind of, uh, and he's really and getting forward. forward right? And it, it's that classic case of, uh, and I think I, and I hear it on like the athletic like football betting podcast that kind of uh, George Alec and. Uh, I can't remember who else is on it, but George Alec from the Not The Top 20 podcast, um, which is a great podcast for lower league football and great if you want to kind of hear about the lower league teams coming up. But yeah, they were talking about Sessignon and how he's kind of mirroring what Conte did with Victor Moses, where he kind of plucked mm. him out of nowhere and said, yeah, yeah you're going to be my wing back. And I think when we were yeah. talking about Regulon and the trades that I had with Regulon earlier, uh, Sessignon was being picked ahead of Regulon even when Regulon was fit at points uh, a couple yeah. of months ago. Yeah. So I think Sessignon, yeah. he's done as a midfielder this year. Definitely, I would definitely, definitely get hold of him if you can for this week. Um, and I think he's a he's a sleeper for the draft next year. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how fan tracks will place him in leagues. Mm. Yeah. I would expect to see him as a defender next year given where he's playing at the moment. I don't think he's really played in midfield at all this year. And I think it's done on like kind of how many times they played like in the relevant like defense midfield. I know yeah. in some leagues you yeah. can have multiple positions, but I think for the league's community genie that we play in, he'll, I expect that he'll be placed as a defender next year. So yeah, that's my, that's my tip for Norwich. And it's also a tip for the draft because I think a lot of people will still jump to Regulon. Because he's that big yeah. name. He was so good in Europe a couple of seasons ago. He's attacking. Um, he's a guy that they paid the money for. But I think you that's a trap. Uh, 
Yeah. And maybe I'll regret yeah. that. <laughs> maybe I'll regret that depending <laughs> let, let... on who's listening. Um, because I'd like to see someone draft him in. I think people will draft him quite high again, but it's a very high risk yeah. move. Listen, worst case, um, you draft Sessignon early, try to get Reguillon right after, if you yeah. want to kind of have that handcuff, right? Yeah, for sure. Maybe. Yeah. Um, um, okay. I, I think that's it. Right, that's all the picks. That is all the segments. That 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 is a podcast. Listen, I don't think the podcast is going to be three hours long. I don't think we're going to release an episode that long. But no. holy fuck, Jacob, I wow. thoroughly enjoyed our conversation tonight. Honestly, mate. Yeah, it's... it's been awesome to come on. I hope that's the thing. I yeah, three hours. I hope we haven't rambled on a bit, but we'll see how <laughs> when we cut it down, right? Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll see what people say, right? Um, I I think worst case, I'll release it in two parts. Um, I'll drop probably first half early. Um, tomorrow and then second half. I'm hoping before Saturday, and um, yeah, hopefully this information gets out to people before the, the Sunday kickoff. Um, but other than that, do you have any final pieces of advice? Anything you want to comment? That sort of thing. Season is winding down. Final thoughts? I mean, I'd like to say at the end of the season, um, it's been awesome being a part of all the kind of the community for the first year this year, right? Uh, being being in the Genie League um, and chatting to everyone in in kind of Div Nine. That's been a really active league in our Sunday league. Um, really entertaining and same in the Pirate Posse in uh, Community League. And that's the thing. The beauty about this is I know next season, you haven't spoken to Will before. I haven't spoken to people like Totti or Genie really in a lot of detail before. And I know next season, Community, you might get all over the place. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to next season as well. Um, but my final tip for the weekend is, yeah, keep an eye on those lineups because there might be a few random under 23 debutants coming in that suddenly put up like a, a goal at the end of the season so keep on it brilliant yeah um i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna share the advice that that ross usually shares is just have fun right um just final game of the season uh i mean if you've got nothing to play for obviously have fun if you've got something to play for i know it's gonna be a bit stressful but try not to let it bog you down right mm -hmm. um just just be grateful for for the football that you have be grateful for life be grateful for more than just fantasy right fantasy is not everything it's, it's the not least, the be all end all it's yeah the it's least least predictable. Words, man. it's the least predictable game week yeah. of the season and it's the most entertaining to watch so just enjoy the football and 100%. let the fantasy football take, take a back seat once the football starts. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know what, Jacob? I might even propose that we grab a pint for that final game week in WB8. So if you're, if sure. you're down for that, for I don't sure. know. I should yeah? be about on Sunday. Yeah. So yeah, let's, uh, let's catch up in Fizzy Park. All right, let's do it. All right, so then on that final note, I'm going to see you guys on the next podcast. We'll have a final season review podcast and let you know what the plan is for the off-season, etc. But until then, um, we're going to sign off. So, Jacob, I'll see you when I see you, mate. Cheers. See you soon, Sanji. Thank you. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace.